I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. And we are on episode 11 of A Gay and His NB. Thank you all for joining and listening to us. And thank you all for tuning in for all of our opinions this uh, episode on everything Bravo. This has been a long-awaited episode. I'm so sorry for keeping you waiting because we have got so much to talk about and so many things to discuss. So many things to discuss. You know, we've got... um you know, we've got Potomac had their last episode of the fina- of the uh, reunion. reunion this week. Uh, that was great. Uh, we've got uh, the newest episode of Jersey um, was also this week. Um, we had the first episode this week of Miami's reunion. Can't wait to talk about that. Was was there anything else that happened this week? Uh, oh, I can't think of anything else important that happened in Bravo Land. You know, I, I'm racking my brain. Oh, that, there's that little show we've talked about a couple times called Van Van. Mm, Van. Oh, oh, I for, I just remember now. Fuck you, Tom Sandoval. <laughs> Fuck you, Tom Sandoval. Fuck you, Raquel. Fu- like oh, I am so like we. If you follow us on TikTok, <laughs> it was such poor timing when we put out that episode, <laughs> and we could not have predicted it. When I was like, yeah, Raquel's great. I'm so glad Raquel's <laughs> shaking things up. Oh, I I think I literally said, oh, I don't even care what she does if it, if it's wrong or not at least she's doing something to shake things up a little bit oh, oh it's shaking it is shaking it and, shooketh. and we are all shaking and like i i oh i have been glued to twitter for a week and it has just it's uh i it's, literally so for listeners i literally called merlin as i was like coming home from work being like you need to look at tmz right fucking now like it is and this was obviously everybody knows. So let's get into it because we're going to talk about the scandal first. Yes. So um, last Friday on uh, what was the date of that? March uh, nine, nine is today. So 10 minus seven is what? Three. Our brain is March so racked 3rd. that we can't do math. March 3rd, I think. Um, so March 3rd, the world finds out. From a TMZ article, which From, which TMZ, I mean, it's not Radar Online, it's not page six. Like, TMZ... Usually is pretty good about checking their sources. And um, TMZ reports that Ariana and Sandoval have broken up because Sandoval and Raquel have had a seven-month-long affair. They have been having this affair in the home... While Ariana is sleeping, they have, like, they literally, well, they allegedly want to be in a relationship together now. Like, all of this stuff, um, apparently, and this also is coming on the heels of Wednesday night, Sheena and Raquel were on Watch What Happens Live. So let's break down the the timeline. Like, because this is like, when all the details were coming out, it was like, it was was very confusing. So... Like you mentioned, Sheena and Raquel were on Watch What Happens Live the on same, Wednesday. The same night, um, Sandoval with his um, the with his extras, bands. Which, can we just, now that we can say fuck Sandoval at this point, can we say his band fucking sucks? It's I'm so, not great. We don't have to humor him anymore. It's like your shitty cover band fucking sucks, dude. And you need to, like, like clearly it was a, a means in which to, like, you know, not make you go to therapy and like actually like be a conducive, like normal human being. Because apparently the band members all knew about this affair because she was coming to band practice. And well, yes. So they do this performance. I forgot where it was somewhere in California. 
they do this per, uh, performance, and there's like there's footage during the performance that Page Six got of like Ariana cheering him on, like she does at all his fucking concerts, right? Like she is so supportive of his shit, like is like you know rooting him on all this stuff. Apparently, some point during the night, Sandoval's phone fell out of his pocket, and a, and I, I while he was on stage is what I heard, and like she scooped it off up off either the stage. she scooped it or i also heard that like one of the band members gave it to her or something something one of the two and so she started apparently going through the phone now this was a little confusing at the times but as sort of like and stuff has come out on reddit and there's like more there's articles there's like so many fucking articles and like news was coming out like hour after hour on that friday like just repeatedly but it seems, though, now in retrospect, that Ariana had been suspecting something right. for months. And she just had, like, a urge or a, like, nudging of, like, intuition to go through his phone. And so she goes through Tom's phone, and she finds on the phone basically a face, like, a FaceTime screen recording of, of allegedly Raquel masturbating. Right. And obviously, huge fucking violation. Right. That's disgusting that he would have re- recorded that without her consent. Alleg- well, Allegedly without. She, yeah. she says it was out without her consent. Well, yeah. We'll, yeah. Mm, we'll get to it. Um, so San, uh, at some point she confronts Sandoval about this. Allegedly Sandoval like cops to it immediately because he has to. Because like how the fuck like. Yeah. How else would he have that? How the fuck do you explain that away? So. Because it's a FaceTime call, by the way. It's not like he could even say that somebody sent it to him. No. Because there's a screen and screen of who of you. Yeah, that's a good point. So he would have been on that screen as well. So, so there's no getting around it. As you mentioned, Sheena and Raquel were in New York filming Watch What Happens Live that night for the episode of Vanderpump Rules that aired. And obviously, Sheena and Raquel have been close friends this whole season. Like, Sheena's been, like, sort of... We've talked about how we've kind of not liked how Sheena's been, like, advocating for Raquel to, like make out with Tom Schwartz and sort of all this stuff. And she's been like, they've been like rallied against sort of like, we don't really care about what Katie thinks, et cetera, all this stuff. And Raquel, I literally said, was like feeling herself on that watch. What happens live of just being like, I'm an independent woman, et cetera, all this stuff. So basically as this is happening in California, they're finished filming. Watch what happens live. They go to this like, after party i don't know if they went to like a restaurant or a club or something yeah i heard it was a bar one of the one of the two and i thought i originally thought it was that ariana called sheena but apparently it was ariana called raquel yeah to confront her and was like what the fuck and was apparently like crying on the phone like because and enough to the point where sheena could hear it and so then sheena like questions raquel as to what's happening and raquel apparently flippantly just says to sheena while ariana's on the phone oh yeah tom and i have been having an affair for seven months and then just goes back to the phone call like that's like tom and i went and got a pack of gum at the corner store like (laughs) and and i think like sheena while she's been close to raquel she's also been very close to ariana for like pretty much the whole extent of their time on the show. Well, and Ariana also has been very close to Raquel. Like very close to Raquel. Literally like they're all like the t- the f- when we go back and look now it looks even worse in terms of everything that we know, but like where Ariana's in like the front row at Tom's concerts, Raquel is like right next to her. Right. And like 
So it is a big, big violation. Like she defended Raquel during like the time, all the times in which she was with James and like the whole group was against James. She was, her and Tom were sticking up for Raquel a lot. Like it's a complete fucking violation on that regard. But like you mentioned, Raquel makes that flippant comment to Sheena. Sheena then allegedly freaks the fu- flips the fuck out. Rightfully so. I've heard basically from the extent that she threw Raquel's phone in like a gutter. Snatched it out of her hand, threw it in the gutter. And then pushed (laughs) her against a brick wall and allegedly punched her. That's what Raquel is claiming. Sheena denies it. Sheena's representation denies it. But Sheena's been hinting at it on social media also. It's it's been great. Like it's been, I, I, I fully believe Sheena did it. And, you know, oh, we don't, you know, we don't condone violence. I do. I'd like uh, honestly, if I had found if I found out that somebody treated my best friend that way, you better believe I'm throwing hands. Yeah, like I don't care who they are. I, I don't. I don't care. So, I subscribe to all the genders. Like uh, we're good. I can fight you. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been like so. Basically, it appears that the, like you said, this has been going on for at least like seven months, like and pretty extensively. Like, which, if you count back seven months, is mm, oh, right now in terms of when the episodes are happening. Yeah, exactly. But like, and I know we like we'll get into it. But like, Tom is going to try to spin this shit as like, and he's already starting playing the seeds of like, I wanted to break up with Ariana. I just didn't have the courage to do it because she was going through a lot with her. We'll see stuff with her dog this episode with like her grandfather passing away, et cetera, et cetera. Like he's basically like trying to martyr himself. of like, I'm such a good guy. I didn't want to break her heart or whatever. So I was sleeping with her behind her back, but it's not just that he was sleeping with Raquel behind her back. I I'm sorry. They were fucking flaunting this. They were doing this in plain fucking sight. When we look back on it, they had like, they had these matching uh, lightning bolt necklaces that were apparently supposed to be like a signal to the to each other that, of their love. There's literally a a foot. There's footage of them at Coachella, which, by the way, like now it puts the whole like Schwartz wasn't at Coachella thing like in question of like were they talking about Schwartz or were they talking about Sandoval? Like, but there's literally footage of Ariana like partying with like a group of her friends or whatever, like enjoying themselves, and then off in the distance you see Raquel on somebody's shoulders. Well, and then we also see Raquel on Sandoval's shoulders at a different concert later. Like, we see pictures on, I think, her Instagram or his Instagram or something. Which is an old clip from, uh, like, a past season when Ariana was talking so lovingly about her being on Sandoval's shoulders during Coachella and how romantic it was. So it's, like, that extra level of fucked up where it's, like... And now I want to hear from Dodie if he had done the same thing to her. Oh, so, yeah, so... so also everyone has now rallied behind Ariana, like particularly Lala and James and Katie and well, have been also very vocal on social media of just like fuck Sandoval. And Except fuck for Schwartz. Well, we'll get to that. But like, cause we'll get into that when we get into his statements. Um, but Dodie, Kristen Dodie is now like, I, I appreciated what Dodie said. Cause like a lot of people were being like, Kristen Dodie was right. Vengeance for Kristen Dodie, etc. because of how adamant she was and, and crazy she was in season three, trying to break up Tom and Ariana. But like, she made the point of like, I do not revel in this shit. I am been friends with Ariana for years now. I'm fully in support system of her. There's that video of like her going to their house and like, and I will say like, I'm sure Ariana, like, 
um, LVP on Watch What Happens Live uh, this past week was basically saying like Ariana's devastated, and I and she I fully believe that. But at least from like stuff that we've been seeing online of her, at least there's moments where she seems to be sort of enjoying herself and still being like fuck that you know I'm a catch because she's such a fucking catch, and like this could have happened to a, a nicer fucking person than Ariana, like both in terms of their of Ariana generally, but also in terms of her relationship with Tom and how supportive she was of Tom and how she like defended him all the fucking time. Everybody. Ugh. That was the, like on TikTok. I was seeing a little bit of stuff of like try people trying to like push like slight Ariana slander being like, well, you catch him how you got him. And like, you know, it's that it's like, you know what? Fuck that. Like she, you people change and like, et cetera. And people, you, you know, also there's no guarantee. Like we still have no proof that that's how they got together. Apparently like from what we can tell from the show, there was no cheating with Ariana. It was just, and even it was quickly thereafter. And even Kristen herself has been like, stop with that shit. Like, we, she said, like me and Tom were in a toxic fucking relationship that went on way too fucking long than it needed to, and like we should have been broken up way before we actually did were. So that is very much different than this to a, a group, or excuse me, a couple that has been committed for nine fucking years. Even though they're not married, they're committed to each other. They, they bought a house together. Like Ugh. it's. And not to mention that Dodie also allegedly claims that, like, at one point, like, Sandoval came over to the house and, like, was, like, you know, cause, you know, instead of, like, actually, like, leaving Ariana the fuck alone, essentially, and when, like, Dodie was trying to, like, reason with him to, like, leave, he was just, like, well, if Ariana's uncomfortable, she can leave. No, you can fucking leave, dude. Like, you are such a piece of shit. I'm, so, like, the, I, I've. You know, I feel like I've given Sandoval passes on certain things, but like the mask is completely fucking off. And now everything that Sandoval has done for 10 seasons looks so much more fucking narcissistic and so much shadier. And maybe that's what it is all along. Like, you know. Well, and Dodie even talked about the fact that they um, stayed together four years longer than they should have. And to me, that just sounds like they got wind that, that, Lisa Vanderpump was trying to make this a show and they were staying together so that they both got on the show. Maybe that's possible. That's possible. Um, what do you think of also the sort of like the Schwartz element of it all? I think like, I don't think he knew the whole time, but I think he found out probably somewhere around BravoCon, which is right after they stopped filming for the season, I believe. So BravoCon was in October. So you don't think like during the time of the filming of the show that he knew I've not seen any, any hints that he knew already from from what we've seen um i mean i haven't gone back through the episodes yet um i plan on it yeah um but i i haven't seen anything that indicates that to me now i could be wrong um but the official statement is that he found out very recently is the quote that sandoval said yeah, well, but we can't trust the damn word. That but comes also, out of that's his mouth, so. so that was also in a statement, by the way, the first statement that Sandoval put out that you know, I like, I literally have. He's like, I fully understand and deserve your anger and disappointment towards me, but please leave Schwartz, my friends and family, out of this situation. Schwartz specifically only found out about this very recently, and most definitely didn't condone my actions. This was a very personal thing. And then he talks about Schwartz and Sandys, and that there's all these partners and and people who work for them that you know don't deserve all this and shit like that. He doesn't mention Ariana's name fucking once in this fucking apology. That 
oh, that pissed me off so fucking much. So you're telling me like Schwartz is the one that we need to be fucking worried about right now of all fucking people. It's- it just shows where his loyalties lie. And uh, who was it that that we were listening to this week that really put oh. into perspective like the relationship between Schwartz and Sandoval? I was listening to, so there's another great podcast uh, called She Speaks Bravo that I listened to. And they were bringing, I think she brought it up, but it was from an Instagram account called, I think it was Bravo and Botox mm-hmm. that like detailed the whole like Sandoval basically being an abusive husband to Schwartz in a, in a way. And like, Everything, every way in which Sandoval has sort of exploited his I sports. Mean, Sandoval and, even kicked the door open and said he was a battered wife. So, I mean, accurate. It just wasn't Katie. Yeah. Well, and also, I, I was telling you as well about, like, sort of, we talk sometimes about these Bravo shows about, like, in these franchises, how each of them have sort of this sort of overarching um, story mm-hmm. and sort of over, like, how Salt Lake's about religion and about how Potomac is about, you know, elements of colorism and, and all this stuff. Like, Vanderpump Rules, I think, at the end of the day, is about shitty fucking men and how they pit women against each other to, like, like you know, to, like, make themselves look fucking great at the end of the day. Yeah. And, like, I... And, th- and we were talking about it, like, just get rid of the men. We're done. Get rid of the men. Bring back Stassi and Kristen, and let's have the the show changed names to which is a wee ho and let's you know let's have the just the women take this over because we don't need these men we don't need these men on here number one treating these women who support them and lift them up and are behind them every step of the way being treated like shit on our on a national stage when you know, so many groups of people are under attack right now. We don't need to see more of that on our televisions. We need to see women uplifted. Um, and like when they, just, and when they rallied together across this season, or, or not the season, this whole franchise, the moments in which like they realize these women realized that they were stronger together when they all rallied behind Brittany when Jack's fucking cheated on her. Yep. When they, you know, they're doing it now with Ariana, like like. The, like that needs to be the conclusion to this story in terms of, of that regard. Like you don't need these fucking assholes. I said it to you when we were talking about like the only fucking good guy that's come from this show is Bo. He's yeah. the only fucking one. Like, Oh, I'm so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in my feminist era of just like, fuck men, fuck men fucking suck. <laughs> Um, also, but so as also credit to Bravo cause, um, cameras then went back up filming as soon as this whole stuff came out. They're yep. like, no, we're not missing any of this. They've shit. been filming for the last week and they are allegedly, uh, going to be, um, filming for the next week and then going straight into reunion. And they're, ta- they're going to tack it on to the end of this season. And I think, I think it's smart for them to go in the reunion so that all the feelings are fresh. Lala wants to fuck that. Like Lala already wanted to fuck Sandoval up for some of the comments he made about her this season. Like she is going to come in guns fucking blazing and I'm here for it. Um, but also, so Raquel has followed a restraining order against Sheena. We, oh. don't, we don't know how that's going to affect the reunion. Well, no, we do. The whole, the whole thing is she's going to threaten Bravo and say, well, you can't have Sheena there. And if you do that, I'm not coming. And then she's going to try to not come. What I think Bravo should do is go, okay, fine. We'll call your bluff. Sheena, you're going to remote in. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm fine with that. Raquel needs to be there. Yeah, I think that's the solution at the end. It, I think that's the COVID era fixed that in many ways, I guess, in, the, in that regard. 
Um, and then also there's reports that Sandoval and Raquel filmed a scene at one point uh, in the recent week, uh, sort of like being romantic with each other and saying like, we're going to move on as a couple. But Sandoval allegedly didn't like how it came off for him and wanted to refilm the scene. And the producers were like, yeah, we're not doing that. And apparently she's now dodging his calls and is staying in LA. She's not staying in her house. But also she posted her, uh, her apology to Ariana on, on her social media being like, and, but also added at the end, the part of like, you know, I also need to heal. Cause I'm going to therapy. Heal to from what? Well, cause she, well, she, she has a love addiction or whatever the fuck she said. Like basically trying to like say she like, and I know sex addiction is a real thing and I'm not trying to like, but like, this seems like a bullshit excuse. And the fact that Sandoval liked that Instagram post was so fucking gross to me. Like just go away. Like fuck off, like stay for the reunion, but then fuck off after that. So like, Ugh, I hate him so much. So let's get into this episode <laughs> because we haven't even <laughs> talked about this episode yet. We've just been recounting the last week of us nail biting and like gripping our phones and scrolling Twitter constantly. Ugh. So we start with, uh, we see, but we're basically seeing three things in conjunction. We're seeing Sheena and Brock go on like to this like rock climbing park. We see Katie and Charlie, they're going on this like walk. And then we see. Raquel and Ariana going shopping for the Vegas trip. This was the most awkward fucking shit in retrospect. Oh, it wasn't even awkward for me. I was furious. I wanted nothing to do with these two on the same screen. Like, I wanted to yeet her across the world and into the Pacific Ocean. Like, I just... I, I'm so I didn't want to see her on my screen. Like, and they're talking about like the whole him, her asking Schwartz to kiss at the country club or the uh, whatever the the club that Sandoval played at, mm-hmm. and like Ariana being like, "Oh God, am I going to be mad at Raquel for the first time?" Uh-huh. I mean, it's like go crazy, Raquel, but not like that. <laughs> like, it's it was infuriating. It's so bad. Um, Raquel says she feels bad for Katie, but like bullshit, like, like she's like, but me and Katie were never close, et cetera. You know, she had her issues with James and like, she didn't go to my puppy party. Remember the puppy party from a couple of seasons? Like, I I can't remember anything past last Friday. I just, I can't. And Katie apparently has told Sheena that she's not coming to her wedding in Mexico. But Katie, we found out later, Katie is going to Mexico because the hotel room was non-refundable. So she's literally like, I'm just going to party in Mexico. Good on her. But I'm not going to the wedding. Um, And then Sheena starts crying again on the phone to Lala about it. And it's like, you know, Sheena redeemed herself a little bit this week, but it was just like, girl like you're not a victim in this like stop like you know and lala tries to like sort of hold sheena accountable over the phone of like you didn't need to be as like proactive and like and all this stuff and sheena then drops this bomb of like that apparently schwartz said to her if i make out with raquel katie drove me to do it fuck these men like fuck them oh schwartz i hate you um you know, and uh, Katie is talking about how, you know, you know, she doesn't really blame Raquel. She blames Sheena. She, <laughs> she makes this like Derek Zoolander analogy. About, I was so confused. I, I, I'm a big Zoolander fan. I don't know. Have you watched Zoolander? I've, I've seen both Zoolander. Yeah, I've seen one and two. If they've made more than that, then I've missed them. Okay. 
But yeah, yeah, it, she was correct. I was still confused because I haven't thought about Zoolander in like eight years or so. So like trying to remember these weird ass names, like what, like said something. I when don't we know. Got to? Yeah, and I'm just, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I. I was so confused. It's so Katie to quote Derek Zoolander. It like, really is. It's it's really on point. Um, is you know going going away from the enraging stuff of Vanderpump Rules right now. So we go to Villa Rosa and Lisa's playing with her grandson, uh, Pandy's uh, mm-hmm. baby, which is I thought was really sweet. It's sweet. It was it's, a nice reprieve. It's great to see Lisa as a grandmother, like you know, in that regard. And then Lisa's talking with Ken. Nanny uh, Pinky? Nanny Pinky, yes. Ken's also really cute with the baby, I thought. Like, Ken's like a, you know, he's got this, like, he's always had this kind of playful energy mm-hmm. of, like, you know. And, but she's talking to Ken about um, the Tom's issues with Schwartz and Sandy's and about Greg and about how they're paying the rent on the place and that, you know, they need to uh, get, basically try to buy out Greg, which at this point, that's probably changed a lot. Well, I mean, now there's talks of Lisa maybe buying out Tom. <laughs> well, but if you look at Sandoval's statement, she didn't. He didn't mention. He still mentioned Greg yeah. when he was talking about Schwartz and Sandys. So that leads me to believe that that never happened, and that Greg is still in the business. I would think so. Um, so James and Allie go out to lunch with James's mom, and this scene was hilarious to me. Um, James is very adamant of like not wanting to drink in front of his mom, even though he's which. Well, I, it's nice because she's also a recovering addict, so like it's respectful. It's yeah. the first time I've ever seen him be respectful, so that's nice. So she's sort of like hitting it off with Allie and like talking about like how they met and stuff like that, and she was like, you know. And she, J, James's mom, in retrospect, very on point, just shading <laughs> Raquel this whole fucking lunch and being like, you know, you know, at least, you know, you didn't have a family member drag you to pump to meet a DJ. You know, that's not organic. Basically seeing like basically being like Raquel was looking for an in, which right. like if which, James's mom is saying that. But also Ali in confessional says that <laughs> that is exactly how she met James. This is so funny. I love Ali has Ali has good like deadpan moments and like just like what is my life like in this relationship with James like moments which is I I mean the other half of this show I mean obviously we already talked about the first half of it is fucking fuck you men yeah the other half of this show is history constantly repeating itself mm-hmm. like it's just it's so funny it's constant it's every time we turn around. So Lisa and Ken then go by Schwartz and Sandy's to talk to the Toms. And basically Lisa wants to, cause Lisa doesn't want to be partners with them at the, like she doesn't want a new investment where they're partners, but she basically said that if they need money at this point to gain the restaurant open where they're paying rent, that she's going to be, that she would be willing to basically give them their investment back from Tom, Tom. And that within a year they can buy back in if they want to. So basically like, Giving them some um, collateral, or not collateral. What's the word? Like when you need money for an like, advance, an advance. So like, and then Sandoval in confessional says, "I just don't think that that's very fair that we put four wor- years of work into this restaurant and then all we're getting back is our investment with no interest." Oh, you oh you think you know a, a years long investment into something you're not getting anything out of it is really selfish? Oh, yeah, wonder- it is, Tom. 
Yeah, getting. What about, about putting nine, nine years? years into a relationship and then all you get is a house that your partner has already put up for leverage on a restaurant that you actually have no investment in and no payment back from. Yeah. And it can get taken out from under you at any second. Uh, and it doesn't end because then Ariana's packing to go on the Vegas trip and she's with Sandoval in their room. And like, this made me so mad. She, Sandoval was like, I'm so sad you're leaving. And I literally yelled out, fuck you, Tom, <laughs> you fucking asshole. And then she's like, Hey, can you like pick up Charlotte's medication? Mm-hmm. Because you know, she had that seizure and she's on this medication and you know, it's really important that we make sure that you make sure to look after her while I'm gone. And he's like, well, can you do it? <sighs> fuck hate- you. Sandoval. I I should have been done with it. Like it gave me very much vibes of remember when she wanted him to stay uh, after her birthday party because she was grieving her dad's death, right? And he wanted to go to Vegas and and, and he was like, I will with always, I will always be here for you, except we're going to do this and they've booked this and I'm going. So bye. Yeah, I hate him. I hate him. Um. Katie's packing at her place and she's with Christina Kelly, uh, the old uh, server um, who's friends with them. And I found it. She's talking to the, her about the Raquel stuff. And that I still she, don't remember Christina, but I mean, I she, remember her obviously from this episode, but I don't remember. She was her from a very before. background character, but she's kind of in the forefront this season, which I, I kind of oh, like. And she is got some accurate takes on things. Well, and because she's like, I Katie's like, I don't really blame Raquel. I blame Sheena. And Christina's like, I don't, get why you're giving Raquel a pass in this. And she's like, I don't buy Raquel's act of this like meek, like idiot. Like she's like, everyone treats Raquel like this baby, but that's just insulting to babies. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Like the fact that Christina knew what was. I mean, seriously, get rid of Sandoval and Raquel and Schwartz and James and Allie. Bring on Charlie and Christina full time. Bring back Dodie. Bring back Stassi. That's a full cast. Yeah, we're good. But also, I was like, when I, watching the whole Sandoval Ariana thing in their room, like, I was like, okay, but I, like, maybe it gives me a little pause because at least Raquel's also going on this trip to Vegas. So he's probably not sneaking off and fucking Raquel. But then Dodie said on her podcast, like a couple of days ago, that there may have been other instances with other women as well. So at that, least two others that she knows for sure are true. Yeah. And it's like. Which means that there's rumors of even more than that. Yeah. Fuck you, Sandoval. And then we saw um, Lala and Raquel are getting together at Raquel's place before they go. And they're, so, Lala's sort of confiding in Raquel, which again, it's like, ugh. Um, about like, you know, that the issues with Randall and stuff like that. Um, she b- b- talks about how like, you know having ocean and stuff like that. Like she has to look at it as like a sign that she was supposed to be here, even in this terrible situation with Randall and like cries in front of her. And it's just like, mm. yeah, I just, I, Raquel at one point says, hopefully there's enough men to go around. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure Raquel. And I'm not, I, I do not like slut shaming, but like, I, I'm not shaming her for being a slut. Be a slut. Like, I had my slut phase. Do it. Absolutely. Fine. Just don't pick men that are in decade-long relationships. Yeah. So the girls arrive in Vegas, uh, and they get to their hotel that Lisa's hooked, her, hooked them up with. It's really nice. 
Um, LVP's at Vanderpump Paris. <laughs> she's just she's just putting these like diamond jewelry necklaces on these like dog statues. It's so Vanderpump. It's so Vanderpump. Like, but she's like, we have to affix these on here in a way where they won't get snatched because they're gonna get snatched. <laughs> but they're fakes, so it's like, but they, but of course it's Vegas, like you, you know. And also it's Vanderpump. I'm sure that even though they're fakes, they're still high end fakes and at yeah. least a couple hundred dollars a piece. I'm sure. Um, they revealed to Raquel that they brought a Schwartz pinata for Katie to beat up, which I wanted there to be a Sandoval one. Uh, somebody was it you or somebody on Twitter maybe said that they should bring a Sandoval and Raquel Pinata to the reunion. Yeah, there was a tweet about that. Like that that needs to be the closing part where they just beat the shit out Andy instead and of him. shots. Yeah, just beat the shit out of that Pinata. Um, you know, so we go to also then to James and Allie, and they're getting these like foot bath like sort of relaxation things or whatever. Um, they're talking about James's sobriety. And Allie basically is like, I like you better when you're not drinking, but it's up to you at the end of the day. And like, but like the fact that she, the fact that she's like, I like you better when you're not drinking. It's like, I mean, the only reason that she's not putting her foot down harder is because James has been so angry about the fact that Raquel put her foot down and and gave him an ultimatum, gave him an ultimatum. Yeah. Which I do agree that like ultimatums aren't always the best in terms of that kind of stuff. But I think like, you should want to get sober for you, but like, if that's going to be a thing that ends your relationship, also, I don't think that's a good communication. Um, but style. it also has to be a look. I don't want to be around someone who is not making good choices for them because at the end of the day, when you're going around and being drunk constantly, not only does that put me in danger, yeah, but it also brings me down. So I don't want to be around that. So you get your shit together and I'm going to see my thing is, is I've given you enough chances Mm -hmm. at that point. It's no longer an ultimatum. We're done. If you want to fix yourself and we try this again in the future, when you've had a few years of sobriety under your belt, that's fine. But this is no longer a discussion. We are done. Goodbye. Yeah. That's how I would have handled that. I agree. Um, and then we go back to Vegas and Ariana's like, you, we hear just someone crying in the background and they're like, wait, is somebody crying? And Ariana basically has to leave the trip because her dog is like basically dying. Like they have, you know, um, and it's really sad and it's just like, fuck this week of all weeks for that scene to air. It's like shit. Like not just for the viewers, but for her as well. Like, it's like, God damn it. Like, you know, so she has to fly back. Um, and uh, the girls basically decide that they're going to go to dinner uh, at Vanderpump Paris uh, with Katie's mom, who we see. I don't think we've seen Katie's mom. Maybe we saw her at the at the wedding. Maybe. But that was probably about it. Um, and But they get together because Katie's mom lives in Vegas. Um, and uh, they uh, get to d- having dinner. And their server is Oliver, who is Garcelle Beauvais' son, mm-hmm. who has now been hired by Lisa Vanderpump. Um, which love that crossover. Um, yeah, that was that was great until it wasn't. <laughs> um, and basically Raquel's like immediate. Well, both Raquel and Lala are basically like he's hot. Like, which know. objectively he is. He looks so much like Garcelle, and like his mannerisms are a lot like her. And he's, I that was really he's nice. Very to see. charming. He really. I, is. I will genuinely say that. Like, 
Um, and Lala in her confessional is basically just like, I need my vagina. My She said my vagina is begging to be busted wide open. I just can't. She said earlier that she hadn't had sex since conceiving Ocean. Which was in 2020. Yeah, so, girl, get it in. Um, like, oh, oh, God. And then... Ariana gets picked up from the airport from Tom as she's flying in. And Tom is like, so we're going straight to the vet? Yes, Tom, we're going straight to the fucking vet. Yes, because I flew all the way home from Vegas, and I'm going to stop a few miles away from getting to see Charlotte, and we're just going to go home. Oh, fucking idiot. Like, he says in confessionals that he was really concerned about how this was going to affect Ariana, and I just, I lost it. Because I was like, oh, you're worried about how this is going to affect Ariana? Not, you know... You having an affair? Well, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if he's doing it consciously in this confessional, but he is setting the scene for what he's, his excuse is going to be at the reunion. He is setting the the fucking building blocks of. This. Oh no, he is because because what we have heard is that they were going to wait until, or the the theory is that the, him and Raquel were waiting until after the season finished airing. Uh huh. And then they were going to announce everything so that there was time in between the end of the season airing and when they started filming again for everything to die down. Where there down. wouldn't be scrutiny on it. That's probably why Tom doesn't want to film. Because probably. He's, probably, he's probably just pissed that, pissed that cameras are back up in general. Yeah. Like, fuck you then. Um, so Oliver doesn't remember Lala from meeting him at the at the Vanderpump Paris it opening. Was so funny, and Lala is so like I forgot who said, but like Lala's like a real butt hurt about it. I'm just like he doesn't remember me really. Like, uh, you know, and LVP brings up because LVP's with them at the table, and she brings up that Oliver is separated from his uh, his well his wife, as Erica Jane would say, his baby mama. Uh, we won't get into that which he also reiterates later in the episode yeah but according to according to his his wife or ex-wife i guess at this point um she has posted on face or on instagram how he was flagrantly cheating on camera which to me says that they weren't separated yeah well, because it, when it came out at the time that Oliver and Raquel hooked up, like, it was, like, she was very, like, posting on social media. Like, yeah, she was very pissed. Um, LVP uh, brings up to Katie that she, there's a spot, like, five doors down from Sir for the, that she might want to look at for the sandwich And shop. you could almost see her ears perk up on that. Yeah, Katie was, like, very interested. And honestly, good, if that's the spot, good for it, because I'm sure a lot of people are wanting sandwiches in L.A. now that this fucking shit came out with. It's not open yet. I know. Well, once it, I'm, I'll eat a sandwich. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Katie and her mom then sort of, like, she brings up the Raquel thing about Raquel asking Schwartz to make out. And, like, Raquel, like, is apologetic still, but also is, like, like as Katie's mom is talking, Katie's mom is getting emotional about, like, it's hard. Like, you know, they were, you know, it's not just, like, well, we're divorced and that's it. Like, it's, like, there's it, still... There's- it's funny because this is the kindest read I have seen in a long time. Like she read Raquel down. Yeah. And it was it was a master class. Like she she did everything she needed to do, and you can't even fault her for any of it because nothing she said was rude. No. Like you you can't even like you you can't critique her for anything that she said. 
Like she did it so well. She masterfully dressed her down and, and th- made her feel so small and stupid. And I know Sheena wasn't there, but like that's where I'm just like, I don't give a fuck what Sheena's excuse was for what for you know trying to set them up. Which well, is and like, we also heard that when Katie said that she had had like one of every drink on the sure. menu from this restaurant. But so that's why she said that. People's feelings are messy. Someone's allowed to say one thing in one moment when a divorce like that is so fucking fresh and not actually truly believe it or feel it and be ups- and not want them to hook up. I don't understand why. Like, yes, my only issue is that if that was the case, then you can't hold somebody else accountable for going on what you said maybe until they until they hear different from you. Well, and well, and that's also not just fuck Rashina, but fuck Raquel because Raquel was going on with that. Watch what happens live before she got punched in the face, being like, "I don't have any allegiance." Allegedly, to yeah, but she was like, "I don't have any allegiance to Katie. Katie's never been my friend, so I don't really fucking care." So it's like. Then you're an asshole. I mean, that reeks of the same shit from Giselle last week saying that she didn't care what happened to Wendy because she doesn't like her. Yeah. So they then go to Disco Pussy, which I love that sentence. Yeah. They go to this uh, club called Disco Pussy, and Oliver gets invited by Raquel to come as well, and he starts flirting with Raquel and Lala. They start hitting it off. Um and I, like I said, he's very charming. He's he's very like genuinely charming. Um, Katie's also c- talking to this guy with tattoos and a mustache at the bar, and like gives uh, him her number. So she's we see her kind of like getting into that dating pool as well. And uh, Lala and Raquel start talking, and Raquel's just like, and Lala kind of gives Raquel the chance to like try it with Oliver, of like, which is very generous on Lala's part, I would say. You know, and and immediately we see them making out <laughs> on the dance floor. Run, run, Oliver, run. Yeah. Ugh. This is this episode. I mean, good, but just like with everything going around. God, this was a fucking whirlwind. Like this was a mess. In in conclusion, fuck you, Tom Sandoval. <laughs> uh, in conclusion, Team Ariana. Team Ariana. Hashtag Team Ariana. Go support something about her when it come when the store uh, the sandwich shop opens. Like go support all the shit. She needs to release another fucking cocktail book. Yeah. Oh, that the person on TikTok that <laughs> was painting over him on the cover. So and good. It's so good. Fuck so yeah. satisfying. Yeah. So yeah, that was everything in Vanderpump Rules this week. We made it, guys. And it's going to get, you know, even more crazy to come. I'm sure there's going to be seven more news breaks Look, I'm in between glad, these episodes. I'm just glad we're getting a commercial break right now because I need a chance for my heart rate to go down because this pissed me off. Yeah, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to get into Real Housewives starting with the Potomac Reunion Part 3. Don't miss it. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, 
We use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items, from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His NB. Let's get into it with Real Housewives of Potomac, part three of our finale. It's our final episode of Potomac. I'm kind of sad to see it go. I, I'm sad. Um, this, this final part was okay. I mean, there were, I think the parts of it were like featuring people I really don't give a fuck about right now at this point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and we talked about it last week, but it's just like, we are ready for a cash shakeup and like it's mm-hmm. you know this definitely didn't help things in any regard. Um we start with what we left off with last episode which was me and Jacqueline getting ready to fight and then pulling out their res- respective uh receipts. And I'm sorry Jacqueline kicked her ass at this. Oh, completely. Like Mia is so Mia was so sad this reunion all, all across the board, but like this part in particular like someone like she is a pathological liar. I don't like there's just like something like well and the thing is is she was even lying when she didn't need to she was just making up shit to make shit up and like she could have told the truth and had a better story right like i just don't understand but like they're literally like sort of like doing a standoff like like a you know i I almost wind up in the background as they're like pulling out these receipts tumbleweed flies across the stage but yeah but then like jacqueline starts like reading out hers and then We'll we'll get but like Mia just being like no nah, I'm good and puts her receipts away. What are you doing? Because it was all blank paper. I, I honestly at this point I wouldn't be surprised. Like you know Jacqueline just like nails her basically. Basically like Mia was never the CEO of her company. Gordon was the CEO, which makes sense in terms of the story that Mia is telling. Like how are you the CEO and you don't have really any power in terms of like the board meetings? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Um, she talks about how like Mia made that comment about like, well, I was with your mother on mother's day and you weren't, et cetera. Turns out it was just a phone call for an hour. Yeah. She was like, you were never with my mother on mother's day. And she's like, oh, well, yeah, I FaceTimed her for like an hour. And Andy's like, well, that's different. Like, that's not the same thing. I mean, I mean, I understand if you don't live in the same and you can't get, like, I get that. Like FaceTime can be meaningful and it can be the only option you have, but. No, that's yeah. not the same. And then basically she's like, uh, she has text messages of G when Mia was in Atlanta, basically thinking that she was with another man and that she didn't basically the prove that like G doesn't trust her and to not sleep yep. around and shit, which I mean, 
Hey. Um, she tries to claim that, like, they get into, like, why they got into their fight in Mexico. And, like, Mia tries to claim that, like, I said the so close your legs to married man, bit, men, bitch, because she made the comment about, you know, you know, Mia's, you know, stressed out. She needs some dick. And she knows that my husband had, pro, you know, has recovered from prostate cancer. And because of that, he, he has impotency problems. It's like, excuse me? Also, way to throw G under the bus. Yeah, like that had no bearing on the conversation at all. Well, and she tries to like the Andy rightfully asked about the hypocrisy of like, why are you saying that when you've been open with the fact that you went and slept with G when he was married? Right. Like, And she's just like, well, I owned it. And she and I, you know, she didn't own it. But you're the one that brought it. Like, you, it's not like she says, I didn't sleep with many married men. And you said, no, you slept with married men. She made a comment and you said, close your legs to married men, bitch. Like you initiated that shit. Like, I don't right. She doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, but then we get into things of like, they ne- so they say like they never had sex with each other, as, uh, even though they were implying it, which I do agree. Like they, they were heavily implying it. Also, apparently G didn't buy her Porsche. Yeah. Like she apparently bought it completely. And that, and Jacqueline, well, and this is where, I mean, I don't like Jacqueline for this, but at least she admitted it of like, we basically made this up as a story to make Mia look good. It's like, I'm glad you're just coming out saying it, but like in a, in a time in this fucking franchise where like we have all these people like having allegedly like meetings before the season to like take people down and craft stories and shit like. Yeah, I mean, which, by the way, we which, I, which we will get to. I, sh- I showed you the footage of Mia getting together with the Green Eye Bandits and Charisse and all that recently. Right. After like, a yes, week but, ago. but you also showed me the thing with Chris, which we will talk about yes, later. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so basically they can't resolve anything. They don't want to resolve anything. Uh, Andy thanks Jacqueline for coming. <laughs> I love Jacqueline leaving. And when he just goes for me, then receipts, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy didn't give a fuck at the, like when she's just, such a messy bitch and I love it. Yeah. Um and then we see Sharice come out for her part. Um Sharice Char- they asked Sharice about um uh what's been happening since we last saw her uh that her divorce from uh Eddie has been finalized. She basically got 50-50, which better than Ashley. <laughs> Take fucking note, I guess. Um and then Robin talks about like her relationship with Cerise and how it goes back to when Eddie and Juan, Eddie was Juan's coach, um, whatever basketball team he was on. I can't sports. <laughs> this is the game is Um, and sorry, you were gonna say something? No, nope. <laughs> perfect. Um, you don't have any sports commentary? No, no uh, balls, um, <laughs> balls, balls. Um, I was just gonna say, Robin, sweaty means Robin doing this like. I just want to make the point very clear that Sharice is friends with basically everyone other than Karen and Wendy. So this wasn't a concerted effort to like do it's like Robin doth protest way too fucking much in my opinion, like girl. And Andy tries to say later to Karen, like, look, we want, we brought Sharice back. We we're the ones that invited Sharice back. And I love Karen on that watch what happens live being like, okay, but who asked you to bring her back? <laughs> and she's right. No one in, in, in Bravo was like, you know what? We miss Sharice Jackson Jordan. Like the, the viewers didn't want it. I, it's like, who asked, who and, cared? And whether Bravo brought her back or not, 
it doesn't mean that Robin and Giselle like used her to try to push this narrative about Karen this season. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it, those two things are not one in the same, but we get to Karen's segment. Um, she talks about the sort of, well, and, and she talks about like the issues with Sharice and uh, going back to the stuff about her showing up at her mom's funeral and like, you know, um, bringing up on, Karen, which I didn't like Andy being, trying to be like, you know, if I had somebody who I was enemies with or whatever, and they showed up unannounced to my to a funeral, I would feel so touched by it. It's like not necessarily. It it depends on the person, I guess. But like, if if it's an intimate moment, I don't want people there who I don't like. I wouldn't want if I had been Sharice, and I was the person going to that, assuming that she went with all the right intentions, right? My move would be stay to the back. Don't make a sound. Don't make any waves. Come in, pay my respects, walk out. Don't say a word. When they're ushering everybody by the family, don't go. Just step out the back. Because if you were there to pay your respects, then you would pay your respects and go. But what she was doing was trying to step in there and make a statement to Karen. And that statement is, I'm always on your neck. Yeah. And, but also the fact of like, Andy said like, well, this is the first we're hearing of this, but like you guys showed footage of a couple seasons ago at Candace and Chris's party. Cherise bringing this up to Karen in front of the cameras might. So it's like, she was bringing it up. Like, I don't like, and like they're Cherise is talking. Karen's filing her nails the whole time. I mean, so like, good. It was it was a like, good echo of that meme of Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch yeah. ma- filing his nails. And it's like, great. no, I, like I got dinner tonight. I'm sorry. Um, but like, and they're trying to like make this point. Uh, and when they, I'm talking about the Green Eyed Bandits, because they're really invested in this fucking segment. Like, they're too invested to not be this like manipulative about it. Yeah. And like, they're like. Well, the time. Well, I went to this party of yours uh, in 2018, so it wasn't five years. And like, it's it's who like, cares, bitch. And and she, and Karen says that like Matt, who I don't, I, f- I think Matt's her assistant, maybe or something. I can't remember. Also, but, 2018, 2019, 20, 21, 22, 23. That is five so years. So it's like, yeah, I guess it's four from the time of when they filmed. Four in a couple months. Who gives a shit? But it's like. You can't exist in public with another person you don't like. Like, it doesn't mean I don't like it. It's, I still don't like you. And like, she says, like, this uh, Matt, who I think is her assistant, like, asterisk, and she was like, fine, whatever. Matt is the same person that came to that sit down dinner the, that was a quote unquote lawyer. The press conference? Yes, the press conference. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, and it's, and Sharice at one point is like, I was only saying the stuff about you fucking people in the bathroom because you were saying stuff about me. I've never said anything about you before this season. What? Literally season one. Like, literally, that's what the whole fight's about is you bringing up the blue eyes thing. I, I don't get it. Um, and then Karen's like, I've, I've heard plenty of things about you, Sharice, but I don't say it, which is funny because of the stuff that came out from Katie Ross on Twitter mm-hmm. claiming allegedly that she and Suri slept with each other at the time in which her and Eddie were either separating or like 
basically in a time in which people, if people knew about it, it would probably jeopardize the divorce. Right. Like there's what Katie's implying, which like, if I'm sure that's what Karen was talking about. Is it just me or is something like this come up before around Katie? Maybe. I, I seem to remember. It's like in the back of my brain, like a little something back there. I, I don't know. Probably I mean, not anything that happens with Katie Ross, I wouldn't be surprised it, at this point. I usually just brush it off and ignore it because Katie's not worth thinking about usually. Oh, I, oh, I like Katie. I didn't like her that much. <laughs> I loved Katie. I, mean, I really loved her the one season she came back where she was just on Ashley's neck the whole season about how oh, stupid look, she was. Well, okay, yes. I liked her then. I didn't like her when she was actually on the show. Sure. Um, and then the, uh, Andy asked me about the stuff that Mia brought up at the finale about Karen with that guy, that restaurant owner in Minnesota. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she says it's someone like it's, it's a person in her family or something. Yeah. It was like a, a cousin's, I, I don't know. It was like a cousin or a sister or something. Look, I'm fuzzy on details. And Karen, I love Karen just being like, oh, come on. You know what? I want you to give his name to and and number to Andy because I'm going to sue him. Like, give give it to Andy. (laughs) You don't have to give him, give me his name. Give it to Andy so I can sue him. But wouldn't that give you his, never mind. And and Karen's like, Mia, you got to stop bringing up these like basis rumors. You've done it about Wendy. You've done it like it's too much. And like Wendy's like, one thing about this group, everyone gets mad when there's a rumor about them, but they're quick to say it about someone else. And Andy's like, that's so true. It's incredibly accurate. Um, and like Robin then gets involved and like, Robin, you need to stop fucking talking. You are talking way too much. Oh yeah. Being like, well, we don't get our rumors from the blogs. It's like, we get it for like basically being like, we get it from actual people. Therefore it's more valid. And it's like, Karen being like Robin nobody talks to you on the phone (laughs) (laughs) well not to mention the fact yeah you did I mean sure somebody texted you a link to the blog that was talking about um, Candace's Instagram live but it was basically from a blog but also like I said this at the time like weren't the Wendy and Eddie rumors from last season from the blogs yep like that was the whole like whatever it's stupid then we get to Robin's segment Talking about her wedding. whoop de fucking do um, G- G- They asked about Giselle not being there. And Giselle actually seemed a little upset about it. Mm-hmm. Like, really? You didn't ask me last minute to come by if you were having it in, in you know, in at home? And it's like, she has a point. I don't understand why. Everyone, I don't understand anything about them people. Robin says she got the prenup done, um, but that there's no fidelity clause. Dumbass. <laughs> and then they start asking Karen about the... Um, oh, and her excuse is, oh, because it could bite me in the ass. What if I cheat in the future? It's like, girl, if that is your thought process when you're getting married, you shouldn't be getting married. This isn't a relationship. That's no, the, I know. That, it's not. It's a, it's a co-parenting. They're living in the same fucking house and they need a fucking storyline at the end of the day. <laughs> but Karen gets asked about the um, the woman that she talked about, and she, you know, oh, she's blonde like me. She, I mean, not she, you know, she doesn't look like that scribble scrabble that you guys put on. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, to be fair, clearly they just put a picture of Karen through and like a yeah. filter or something. I and yeah, um, and then they go to the talking about the family fun day and the mess that that fucking shit was about. Jeez, like, and the like. Put no money in that shit. Um, 
Robin basically tries to defend not inviting Wendy and then like doing the stuff with like can't asking Candace to bring Wendy's kids and Robin being like, if that was the case, I would have sent my kids like whatever girl shut up. Like, and when he's just like, Candace hasn't even met my kids. Like, so like, well, she, they, they did, but they had not spent any one-on-one time with each other. Why would I send them with her? to somewhere that I wasn't welcome. Yeah. Like that's, of course she's not going to, that made no sense. The whole point was to make her, Robin's whole point was to make herself look good while still shitting on Wendy. Yeah. I was, so I was shocked that Andy asked Robin about the whole Juan college scandal. Yeah. So alleged, so Juan is being listed in this lawsuit from this college basketball student who was catfished. Um and basically like like taken advantage of right. in a sexual nature from this catfish and that it was reported to Juan and that, and, and that allegedly he didn't go through the proper protocols to like properly report this essentially. Which I honestly don't see a whole point in bringing it up because it's an active case. You know it's not going to get talked sure. about in depth. Robin was speaking more than I thought she was. She really did. She should not have said what she said, I don't think, because she said that basically what was being alleged is not what happened. And it's like, girl, you don't have any firsthand knowledge. You need to shut up. Yeah. And like, she, yeah, it, I... You know, she was basically being like, it was clickbait to sort of make it a bigger thing. Yeah, it it was the the indication was that he was only named because of his proximity to housewives. And it was in order to make the the case blow up and had nothing to do with him. But he was the head coach. So, like, I I don't know. Who else would that person have gone to? Like, I don't. Anyways, uh, Robin basically is asked how how she would address the haters. And she says, this is a direct quote, be careful how you judge other people because you never know what the situation in your life is going to be. (laughs) Two weeks later. Ain't that that a fucking choice? Um, We see the husbands um, getting ready backstage to go out and Chris is getting ready. He's like, my emotions are very fluid right now. Which like accurate like yeah Eddie was like so but you're you're cool with everything you you're not heated about it no I I'm pretty fluid yeah. right now he's <laughs> like I can be if I want to be <laughs> um so the husbands come out and we get ready for all this oh so Andy then like introduces Ray and Andy's like you know something Ray I don't think you've ever missed a reunion yet you're always by <laughs> Karen's side. Andy was so pissed that Juan wasn't there. Oh, yeah. He literally asked, like, we saw in the first episode backstage, he asked where Juan was and that Robin said he was working. She makes, he makes a point being like, so Robin, again, at this, when they're on stage, where's Juan at? Oh, he's working. Uh, And Andy literally goes, oh, of course. Okay. Okay. Like, Like, can you imagine how, how furious Andy would have been if all of this stuff about Juan had broke before the reunion yeah. and Juan didn't show up. That's bullshit. I'm sorry. Juan Juan is not as, you know. I he, think, has he been to one? I think he's been to one like reunion. years ago. And it was like season two or three. Yeah. It's like, it's not, it, one, the, on the baseline, you're not supporting your wife at the end of the day. Like, whatever. Um, I also know, I really like. To be I, fair, this is the only season that he would have been a husband. 
Well, sure. I mean, that's even. I would put that even in dispute, but hey, whatever. <laughs> a contract was signed. A ceremony Have, happened. Did we see it? I'm with Karen. You're right. Show me paperwork. Um, Show me the Carfax. <laughs> I also noticed. I really liked Eddie. Um, Wendy's husband, like he's very just like cool and just like like Andy's like hi happy Eddie and he's like I'm just <laughs> smiling like and I love that he's like how he just played off the whole like Sesame Street bullshit and was just like yeah she's stupid. Eddie uh, is Eddie is you know he I think they have a really him and Wendy have a really good relationship. Oh, it's so good. Um, G gets asked about Mia's health issues and he gets real emotional and starts crying. Which, I mean, he had tears. Like, I, at first I was like, this seems put on, but, like, he's had actual tears, so, you know, credit to him. And then immediately Andy's like, well, that's really sad. So, gee, there's a lot of talk about whether you fuck Jacqueline. Um, <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 I've never had that. I've never, uh, never had a sexual relationship with Jacqueline. Well, and he's like, I haven't had it with any Mia's friends. And uh, Andy's like, but Peter's old girlfriend, right? And he's like, he's like, well, there's never been any penetration. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. To quote uh, Fat Amy off of uh, Pitch Perfect, that's not a good enough reason to use the word penetrate. No. <laughs> that's not. So then we get into uh, Chris. And now we get finally get this conf- long-awaited confrontation between Chris and Giselle. And Chris, I think, was very on point in here and how he stayed, stick to things. Like, Chris started talking about, like, you know, sorry, and, like, um, you know, that just basically being, like, Giselle, we know that you're a very opinionated person. Like, if your glam squad, if you noticed that your glam squad wasn't in the room when you thought it would be, you could have said something in that moment. And then Giselle tries to interrupt, and he literally is like, don't interrupt. I'm, I haven't had a chance to speak this whole fucking time. Like, I loved how firm he was with her in that regard. Um, and, like, yeah, why didn't Giselle, if she's, she's banking on this whole idea of, like, well, I thought my glam squad or whatever were in my room, you could have said something in that moment. Or you could have been like, hey, let's go on to the hallway. Or let's, you know, whatever. Like, there were options. Um, and, like, Giselle then basically tries to be, like, trying to make the excuse of, like, well, there was, you were saying that you, I invited you into the room. And, no, that wasn't true. And you invited me. And that's why this whole thing started. And it's like, no, that fucking came after like, I don't even think you knew about that until the season aired. So, like, yeah. that, that wasn't what the conflict was initially started. And, the whole, and this is her trying to be, like, ask, answering the question of, like, what did I actually do to you? Well, and that, that brings us to the crux of all of this stuff is because the whole thing is that Giselle is um, putting this around that he did something. And then at the end of the day, really all that happened was he made her feel uncomfortable. But it wasn't by any action that he took. It wasn't that he was looking at her a certain way or, like, stepped too close to her or or, or was, like, saying something that was inappropriate that made her feel that way. Just his presence. And he's, like, because he even cedes to her during this conversation of, like, I can accept that you, for optics reasons or whatever, didn't want that scenario in terms of, like, the optics of everything. Or and that stuff, and I can understand you feeling uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean I did anything intentionally. 
Or even unintentionally, he did nothing. He took no action that resulted in her feeling that way. She simply felt that way because of the situation. Yeah. That's if we take everything at face value. I think it's all bullshit. But... But we're conflating the two things, and the thing is, is that if he had done something, then he would have something to apologize for, even if it was unintentional. Right. But he took no action that made her feel that way. She simply felt that way because of the situation, and therefore he owes her bupkis. Yeah, and he's like, "What? Just showing, like, get to what I did to you." And he and she's like, "I'm gonna get to it." He's like, "Well, spit it the fuck out." And she's like. Oh well, I'm not gonna have you cursing at me or whatever, and like, like that's not okay. And Candace being like, "What's not okay is your gutter snipe bitch ass lying on my family." It was so good. I could watch her drag these people all day, every day. And then oh, and then Giselle tries to bring up Chris's drinking of like you were a little drunk, so that's and it's like fuck off. Well, he clearly wasn't drunk enough to know actual like what was going on in the room. He has details of like, of what fucking went on in the room. So he clearly was sober enough to fucking like piece that shit together, you know? And he, he's also like, they have the, this dispute about whether the door was open or not. And I believe Chris in this, in terms of like, like he seems full, like I said, he seemed fully sober in that moment. He seemed very clear in the details of what. Well, what, and what he's saying is that the, so hotel rooms have that little yeah. safety latch thing. And a lot of times people will f- throw that safety latch to where it is holding the door open and keeping it from latching. That's what he was talking about when he said the door was open. There was no real privacy. Anybody could have walked in at any point. So nothing was going to happen because there was no security. Yeah. So clearly that's what he meant by the door was open. And she was like, no, the door closed. Well, yeah, it closed partly, but it was still partly open. Like, somebody would have heard you if you had screamed. Like, like you the, were not in danger. And also, like, he points out, like, the like you had your dress and then you had your, like, makeup or whatever robe over top of it. And she's like, no, you're lying about that. What's the point of him lying about that? Like, what are those details having to do with the actual situation? Like, why would he not, why would he lie about that? I believe Chris in terms of like the actual details of everything. And then Chris also brings up a good point in terms of like, for multiple seasons now, there have been multiple times on this show where in conversations, you bring up my penis about the whole him having a brown dick and and all that stuff. And he's like, I could have at any of those moments said that I felt uncomfortable by that. And I wouldn't expect an apology in terms of that sort of dialogue. And that was which is even different than this situation because it's actively her doing something that made him feel uncomfortable. It was not just the situation. Yeah. And then she and then she tries to apologize for the whole sneaky link comment and like that stuff. And this and Candace doesn't accept it even though Chris is a little more open to it, but I get why Candace doesn't accept it, which is just like she she says at one point that she when she saw those comments it made her feel really bad when she saw it. Bullshit. I don't believe in your morality. If that was because true, you've already indicated that you have no morality when it comes to how Wendy is treated just because you simply don't like her. So I can't accept that you have any morality when it comes to you maligning this innocent man that you clearly have a vendetta against just because he's married to someone that you don't like. But also the fact that like 
like you went in interviews after that episode aired and throughout all the point until we got to this reunion, doubling down, saying that like he did something to me. He was he you know, he was wrong that, you know, I'm going to bring everything out at the reunion. Right. Let's don't talk tell about me. That. Don't tell me that you thought that you you saw those comments that you made and were like, yeah, I shouldn't have made those comments. Right. That brings up what um, Chris has said in um, recent interviews. Yeah. Um, with with what's his name? I, well, I don't know which. I don't know where he said this specifically. It, it was but, in a it was in a podcast, but he and he had about, mentioned how he had gotten a text message, or no, a DM from someone that said, you know, um, that someone a, from production had met with um, Giselle and Ashley and paid them to orchestrate this thing against well, Chris. Well, not, well, I think not, maybe not, I don't think it was to orchestrate from the beginning, but that someone on production paid Giselle and Ashley specifically to go at the reunion and for Giselle to say that during the conversation in the hotel room, Giselle, that uh, during the conversation, Chris grabbed his crotch. Right. And that at, for Ashley to say that there were more than just that one DM that he sent about, uh, you should have come to the W. Right. And so that was something that Chris got a while ago and he blew it off because everybody gets those DMs apparently and everyone he didn't on the it. right he didn't believe it. But then in recent weeks before or before, oh, no, at the reunion he go he says he went to production and showed this to them and just being like I want you to be aware of this by the way that I got sent this. And they're like it's not true. There's nothing, you know, nothing involved in it is true. And he's like, fine, I, I, you know, agree with that. And then apparently him and Candace had brought up, uh, you know, is there anything else you have to say? Or is there anything else that you need to, to get off of your chest about this? Is there anything else that he did that you feel like he needs to apologize? No, we, there's not anything. And then Ashley apparently leans to... Well, so when Giselle's trying to, like, explain what he did, quote-unquote... And I think it's in the episode. I'd have to double check. But Ashley says something like, was it his body language or what? Like, like, and like, he's like leading her into. And he, he's like that put up red flags in my head about what happened. Like, so I and I believe him on that. Like, I fully that makes perfect sense to me in terms of that. And I think Giselle in the first two like parts of the reunion saw how bad it was going for her and that Andy wasn't like giving her a pass in this regard. And I think she decided in that moment, I'm just saying what I think. I'm not saying this for a fact, but I think she decided in that moment. No, to back I, off. I, I can't do this. Um, but I, I fully agree that um, Bravo needs to launch an investigation. If they're going to launch an investigation into, um, you know, Heather's black eye and yeah. how that happened, this also needs, because that's corruption within production. And, you need to be like at the end of the day, these people need to be able to trust that production is going to present the truth. Yeah. And that production is not like involved in anything nefarious behind their backs and in order to frame somebody for literally a crime. At that point, it would have been a crime. So, so, Can so Candace um, fires back, and this is also part that got people up in an uproar. Um, she fires back of like, and she says, the fact that you will sit up here and act like you're the victim, you are the reason why women can't come forward with uh, cases of sexual assault or sexual misconduct. And you sit up there with your privileged white looking ass and immediately all the, the uh, white 
the lighter skinned women on the cast is just like, that's not okay, Candace. And Ashley is suddenly clutching her pearls about, well, what about our colorism conversation before? Did that mean nothing to you? Basically trying to reverse racism, the situation. Right. Like, and I'm not for anybody bl- listening who is not a person of color, colorism does not go towards whiteness. Does Just she, like racism does not exist against white does people. Does Candace need to read the definition again that she read in the second part? Like, and... I, I, you know, and so Wendy tries to get her to apologize and I don't, and I think this was a wrong move by Wendy. I think. I know. understand what she was trying to do because I understand in the, in the circles that Wendy moves in, you have to be very careful about things like that. Sure. So I understand where Wendy was coming from. And I think it was probably partially to cover her ass because if she hadn't made that statement in that moment, they would have lumped them in together. It could have been used against her in in political spheres where she is an analyst and that is what she does outside of the show. So I understand her doing a cover your ass moment. And I appreciated Candace being like, I hear you, like, but I'm not going to apologize because I don't like this fucking woman. And it's coming from a real place. And the point I meant was that, yes, a person with a closer, you know, lighter skin complexion has more proximity to be believed in certain situations than someone with a darker skin complexion. That was the point that I was making. And when she is leveraging that proximity to whiteness against some, like, if this had been one of the... If Chris was black. If Chris was black, this would have been a witch hunt. Yeah. And, and I think, like... And Ashley being like trying to again clutch her pearls and being like, I've never said anything about anyone's skin tone. Flashback to the season one reunion because a bunch of people put that clip out too of her like calling out Giselle and Robin for their, you know, proximity to whiteness. But but at the end of the day, you don't have to mention the skin tone for the skin tone to be a part of that conversation. Yeah. It's still there. You don't get to just put your blackness aside and act like it doesn't exist for this conversation. It is in every conversation. My queerness does not go away if my if the conversation is not mentioning the word queer. Right. Like blackness is there always. Like Candace does not get to put aside her blackness and just be a nondescript woman. Yeah. That she never has that privilege. Ashley gets to pass amongst whiteness, which amongst our society is considered default, which is bullshit in and of itself, in and of itself. But she gets to put that aside and blend in with white society if she wants to. Yeah. That is a privilege that she has. Candace does not have that privilege. Wendy does not have that privilege. Right. And, and yeah, and that's the point, but they'll use, they'll use it as a cudgel at the end of the day. Um, so they transition to sort of a more fun segment. Um, they talk about sort of every, uh, they talk about Karen not like not liking uh, for her breasts to be called titties, and she's like, which they, the word titties is for dogs. You may as well call them udders. Which the word you're talking about is teats. Yeah, it's not different word. Tits or titties. Those are that's a different thing. They talk about them showing each other their coochies in Mexico. And apparently, Wendy has the pretty one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and me is like everybody has a pretty coochie. Um, just the word coochie was used a lot this season. Um, and then, so, uh, Andy starts to ask Ray sort of like in the closing statement of what his thoughts were about the whole Karen rumors and stuff like that. 
And Ray is such like a disappointed dad in this conversation, which is like, I think they're total. I mean, he, he's like, I think they're bullshit in terms of the rumors. And I think what the women did was really disappointing. And, you know, it's just unbecoming, et cetera. Like he was very much like very stern in that, which I kind of liked. Yeah. Um, and then Karen, like they keep talking about this picture and like Ray's like, have you, Andy, did you see the picture? Did you think it was Karen? And he's like, it's the back of her head. And also she's just sitting at a bar. Like, so, when did going to a bar in Vegas equate cheating? And Karen saying that, like, she still hasn't seen the picture at the end of the day. And Giselle being like, well, we have pictures of stuff. You made accusations about Juan um, and the blonde-haired woman or whatever when you had no evidence and no pictures. And Karen's like, oh, you want a picture? And starts to go for a phone. And Ray stops her, and Karen's like, no, I'm not. You know what? Ray told me, no, I'm not going to do it. I believe that she had a photo and here's why the look on Giselle's face when Karen said that was like, Oh, the look on Robin's face too. Cause she leaned forward and looked straight at Karen. Like, Oh, you have a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Giselle looked terrified. In it was view. in that moment where you could see the flash forward of two weeks. Yeah. And then uh, Robin tries to like say like Karen accused one of sexual assault or whatever. Cause of the whole like, and no, like, she didn't. Which, but also, like, you can find the nuance in what Giselle's saying about Chris, but not in what Karen's saying. Fuck off. Like, Karen's point was, he hugged me a little too tight and then said a comment that while he was joking, I, you know, is not a necessarily appropriate thing to tell me in that moment. That doesn't mean I'm accusing him of sexual assault. Yeah, that's not the same thing at all. Yeah. And Ray says that Karen told her, told him about the Juan thing the day after it happened. So this isn't something that Karen's just pulling out of her ass. Right, and she has mentioned it before, just without naming Juan. Yeah. Like, so she's mentioned it. It's not new. This is not something she's making up on the spot. This is something that has we've known happened. Yeah. So the husbands head to the back, and so we sort of close out the reunion. <laughs> Andy brings out a speaker with that's playing Insecure, which, like... Uh, they need to get better with these ending closers. Like with the one with Salt Lake and this one, it's like, let's. It yeah. was awkward. But the, I will say, great cinematic work from the from the editors or whatever of just the fading of the. I think you're insecure of Candace as we just see this slow more shot of Robin dancing as we cut to two weeks later <laughs> to the most underwhelming interview like there he, wasn't really much from what we saw from the watch what happens the only thing is we got more ebony faces ebony just the whole time being like stepping her drink like ooh, mm -hmm. ebony really finally girl? made it to a reunion yeah good for oh that's, that's a great because <laughs> she didn't have one for her season oh god poor ebony um the only minor details we've is that juan apparently didn't show robin the text between this woman and Robin's like, I'm fine with that. What? Shut, like, I agree with Karen, who said on Watch What Happens Live, that, he, that she doesn't believe that Robin didn't see them. Yeah, there's no way she didn't. Yeah. She's not dumb. Like, you know. Um, and she's a lot of things, but dumb ain't one. Yeah, and it's just like she doesn't understand the hypocrisy of it all, and especially with the Karen aspect of how vehement she was trying to take down Karen. And, and I love that Andy brought up the point of, like, Ray, you're saying, like, you don't go after husbands, but, like, Ray would have been collateral damage in that. Yeah. So, like, it's essentially, and Robin just didn't have an answer. 
Yeah. But there wasn't much from added to the Watch What Happens Live stuff to it. Really. I mean, Andy asked good questions, but he didn't nearly go hard enough. Um, and Robin was just deflecting and not really giving any any information. And it it wasn't going to go anywhere. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, we all knew this was going to be trash. And um, we didn't get confirmation that she got fired at the end of it, unfortunately. There's rumors that she might have been demoted. I, but I have confirmed. said it before. I will say it again. We need to get rid of Giselle and um, Mia and Robin and possibly Ashley. If she is wrapped up in this thing with the producer, if that's true, sure. then she needs to go as well. But um, if not, then I think we can keep Ashley around and find some new. There, there are definitely more dynamic, beautiful black women in Potomac, and that's not going to be hard to find. Definitely, at the very least, Robin and Mia for me. Like I know like Giselle no. and Giselle and Ashley pending investigation. No, I need Giselle gone too. She needs to go because she, her actions this season has really highlighted. The fact that she has been in this mode since day one, mm. like she has never brought it all to the table. She has never, you know, she is here to dump on everybody else. And she makes concerted attacks and campaigns against other women on this show and their husbands in an effort to make sure that nobody realizes that she's sharing nothing. And I'm sick of it. Yeah. Like, I don't want her on my screen. I don't want her getting a paycheck if she's not going to bring herself to the show. She hasn't done it in seven seasons. I don't think she's going to if she stays on for eight. So get rid of her. Stop giving her a paycheck for doing nothing. Yeah. Unless we see stuff with Jason, like, I don't see how, like, you know, I don't see her showing more of her life in that regard. Yeah. But uh, overall, what do we think of the season as a whole? Obviously, this was a controversial one in terms of certain aspects um, and certain issues that I think need to be fixed going into season eight. But like, still, I think it was overall entertaining season. Potomac's never not entertaining, right? Like, there's you know the people at the end of the day really like you know help it a lot. I think Candace had one of her best seasons this season. Oh yeah, it was definitely a big redemption season for her. Well, and she showed a lot of growth and a lot of um, especially doing. Staying as level-headed as she did while on hormone treatments mm -hmm. for IVF. So that, I mean, if she's no longer doing IVF in season eight, then there's no reason that, um, well, it's not IVF. It's um, No, it's IVF. Well, but they're not doing the fertilization right now. No, they're they, just, have, they have embryos now. Yes, but they do have embryos. So, um, but she's not on these hormone treatments anymore, so... Like maybe she'll be back to the old Candace. Well, but I think maybe we'll see a even calmer and more laid back Candace for season eight, um, because she won't have the hormones and she'll have all also been able to learn from her mistakes in the past. Yeah, and really show a new a new leaf. And I'm also excited for this upcoming tour of her. She's coming to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I really want to get tickets. Um, so that, that will be good. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, let's move on to Real Housewives of New Jersey, another new episode of Jersey this week. Uh, this was another really fun episode. Um, so it, it wasn't as heavy as last week. Yeah, I'm, there, I'm really glad. Well, I, I think there wasn't a lot of focus on Teresa and, and Melissa and good. Joe, which I think helped with that. Um, we start with Danielle uh, at her house getting ready for her daughter Valentina's birthday party. 
Um, and they're like literally practicing her like opening routine as she enters the party, which was really cute. Her daughter's really cute. It's a lot. But she talks about how she didn't have like a lot when her childhood, she, yeah. she wants to like sort of like really dote out on her children. Um, we'll get to the party later because it was a lot. Um, but uh, Danielle is coming off really well. I love the part where she <laughs> is in her kitchen and her son is like, are you drinking wine? And she goes, no, it's champagne. Like champagne is a type of wine, dear. That's such a good line though. Like it's such, like, it's like, yeah, you tell off your son. You're, you're allowed to drink champagne. <laughs> um, and uh, we then go to Rachel uh, over at her beach house at the Jersey shore where she's getting together with her family for like a little lunch uh, sort of thing. Um, two things. So, one, her brother is hot. I feel like I, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm just like, there's so many hot people that we're seeing on TV right now. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know what's good, but like, he's very attractive first off. And also her grandmother is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Just like full Italian. I, I hate to say like caricature, but just like, like. If you if there was an Italian grandmother in a sitcom, it's her. Yeah, she's like complaining about her coiffed hair and all this stuff. It's really funny. And then we get sort of some of the more backstory about John, her husband, and that like part of the reason why he has sole custody of his son is that his uh, his ex has uh, issues. They don't really go into specific detail, but apparently enough to where he has sole custody. Um, and she sort of like tells her family about what happened with Jennifer at um, Teresa's housewarming party. And sort of the issues that uh, transpiring there, um, I like I like seeing the new girls is like dynamics, like in terms of their family dynamics and sort of setting that groundwork for like getting to know, especially in Jersey where everything's about family. Yeah, it's nice to see those other characters come into the pl- into the mix. Well, and we haven't really gotten to do these sort of introducing brand new characters um segments in a while on housewives um so it's it's nice to see that it's nice to get some behind the scenes one wife at a time Mm -hmm. um family stuff and especially on the family dynamics um season franchise franchise yeah that's the word um we go to melissa who's teaching antonia how to drive this was nerve wracking. What is with these housewife kids not knowing how to drive? We had Giselle's daughter like having her issues. Like she tries to turn into a Starbucks, and like the turn is not that bad, and she's like freaking out over it. Like, like I don't drive, and I could have made that turn. It's it really isn't that. I don't know why. Like it's not that stressful to me. Like I maybe I'm just that kind of. It's ingrained in me in terms of like I take to it very easy, but like. Yeah. And then Melissa's sort of telling Antonia about the stuff with Teresa. Um, Antonia says she's still communicating with Gia and them and that like they're sort of they don't talk about all the other bullshit with. I just don't know how you couldn't. But that's just me. Yeah. And Melissa's like, I never want you guys to sort of have your issues or whatever. Melissa makes some like offhanded comment in her confessionals about like, you know, I could have easily, you know, done what the other side did and be like, you know, she implies that like Teresa's like pitting the girls against Melissa, which I don't, I don't, I I didn't feel like that's what she was saying. I had, I felt like it was look there. Teresa is talking about this and it's obviously rubbing off on the other girls. Yeah. On her girls. It's not like she's pitting them because that implies that it's on purpose, but like, 
I can understand. It was like we were talking about before how, or I think last episode, um, or last week that we were talking about, um, how, uh, Joe feels like, like Gia and them have been turned against them simply of the years of talking bad about them in the house. Right. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that that's necessarily wrong when we see them literally doing that on the show. And we don't really see, like, we see Joe and Melissa talking about it, but we don't see them talking like, to the kids about it. Talking to the kids about it. But we do see, we saw Teresa and Joe doing that. We saw, you know, we've seen Teresa and Louie doing that. So, I mean, I think it depends on the relationship you have with your children. Not to say that one's better than the other. But like it, it, I think, I think that it's that it just depends on what the dynamic is and what you're feeling comfortable in terms of that discussion. Uh, but speaking of um, Teresa and the girls, they go dress shopping. Mm-hmm. Teresa already has her dress, but she's just like trying on other dresses. It felt like oh, because she wanted to try. No, she was going to the shop because she was doing a consult for her veil right right right. right. and she wanted she put on a dress that was similar to her dress and the same designer so that they could get the feel but she didn't want the girls to see her in her actual dress which she doesn't have her physical dress yet it's still there i can understand not wanting to show in front of the girls until the wedding day yeah she wanted them to be surprised as well and she talks about wanting words on her veil i forgot Mm -hmm. what it were it was something in italian yeah it was um Something that means together forever. Yeah, uh, it was going to be love, love, love. Um, but I like the she other changed. It. Yeah, it, it's together forever, which is what is written on her parents' uh, oh yeah tombstone, and she gets emotional about mm-hmm. it. And yeah, it's really you know it's a big moment in terms of like for her generally, but just for like viewers like watching the show. It's like you've been following this woman for thirteen years, and like this is like a big culmination moment, you know. Um. And they talk about stuff and the topic of Joe and Melissa come up. Um, Gia says that the last time they had like real quality time with Joe and Melissa was before Louie came into the picture, mm-hmm. which like I, I saw some people being like, well, that cl- is clearly means it's Louie's fault. It's like, I don't know if that's the case. Like, I, th- I don't know what Louie did. I don't think it's Louie's fault. I feel like in the back of Joe's head, he is threatened by anyone else being in Teresa's life. Yeah. Um, because they've been so close for so long and he feels like Joe Judice. I know that I'm like digging into my psychology stuff. And, no, it's, this is the, this is the but, franchise to do it. But, um, like I feel like I'm psychoanalyzing people that I don't know, which I am, but like, I aren't we all? Yeah, literally. Um, but I feel like he has, already such a tumultuous relationship with her yeah and introducing someone else into the role that was previously filled by someone who was so vehemently against him yeah because like he and joe judice literally came to blows multiple times right so like i get it i get being threatened by anybody in that space at least until they had fixed things and they hadn't fixed things yet. So introducing a new person in when things are still in the air, I get it. Now that I think about it, it's such an interesting metaphor of like that, the guy's night this season where Joe starts banging on the table as he's like getting to the argument with Louie of like, he did that at the christening. 
And that's what's caused Joe Judice to come over and confront him. Yeah. And sort of the, the juxtaposition of like Joe Judice and Louis. Because he's putting Louis in the same vein as Joe Dudice, and that's not right. That's but not how but how the two differently handled it. Right. Like and how Louis sort of reasoned with him and in I that th- moment. I think if Joe were able to take a step back and realize that Louis and Joe are not the same person and that they don't view things the same way. They don't relate to Teresa the same way. They don't have the same motivations or the same thoughts about things. Yeah. Then I think that they could get on. And I think that maybe a little bit of that happened at that bar fight. Uh, the the guys sort and I, of, like, yeah. I think start some of that started, but I obviously more happens in the season that, that kind of derails that. But I think if we had gone down that road more, we it could, could have, have something. Yeah. And Melania says that because like Joe was like offered, I guess at one point to be the walker down the aisle. And I forgot like if he rejected or something, like something happened. And Melania is like, it basically says if Joe doesn't show up to the wedding, it's over in terms of our relationship with him. Well, which spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we go to Melissa and Jennifer who go out for lunch together and Jennifer talks about sort of wanting to rekindle stuff with Melissa and how they always kind of start off on a bad foot in terms of their dynamic. And it seems like they're both trying to, at least, at least in this moment of the lunch, like trying to like get to a better place, which was kind of nice to see. You know, I, 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 with how big the divisions were in the group for the last couple of years, it's good to see somebody trying to make the attempt. Um, and Jennifer is talking about Bill and how, you know, she's kind of upset that he doesn't really engage in co-parenting and she kind of has to be the mother all the time in sort of that role, which I think is just sort of, I mean, they've talked about it a little bit, which is also sort of their backgrounds, like, um, you know, culturally and stuff like that. Um, and then they get into this discussion of like what she was saying about Margaret to uh, Jen Fessler. And basically Jennifer starts to sort of bring stuff up that, that this girl, Laura was telling her about stuff that Margaret was saying about Melissa, about how, I don't think, I can't remember if she specifically says it to Melissa here that like, she's like, that like Margaret think, says that like Joe's a chauvinist and like he needs to like leave her. She needs to leave him, et cetera. No, I think that was, oh, you mean how she talked about how Margaret has said that in the past? Yeah. I think maybe it comes up here. I, I can't remember. either. Well, the big thing is that she like, she, you know, she asked if like she brought up anything about uh, you uh, like get that you should get together with this ball player. Right. And then Melissa's like, well, she didn't really, like, she did say something about a ball player, but she meant it in the sense of, like, a metaphor or whatever. Right. And she was like, this was at a time when me and Joe were having issues, like, a couple seasons ago where they were fighting mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and that, you know, and M- Margaret says later that she was like, you know, if J-Lo J- has A-Rod, you can, you're Melissa Gorga, you can, ha-, like, that was essentially what she was saying. Right. But, you know, and I don't think it was necessarily... I don't she know. wasn't I, encouraging her to leave him per se. It was more of a, if this is an issue, if you need to don't leave think him, that, I'm behind you. And don't think that you're, you know, lesser than to where you can't. You right. Know. And like, I, I think, I don't think Margaret meant ill intent by it, but I also, th- I don't, I, maybe I'm a Jennifer Aiden apologist. Like, I don't know if Jennifer meant ill intent by bringing up at the lunch. Like, no, I, it, I, I don't know, because to me, either she is a blumbering fool, mm, which or is it's, possible, or it's malicious intent. And 
it seems more like malicious intent to me, and she's trying to play it off as being a blundering fool. I also, I think we need to learn more about, like, the, of, like, who approached who in terms of this whole Laura thing. Like, I think that also plays a role into it a lot. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we'll find that out. Um, we go to Jen Fessler's having this, like, sort of southern brunch thing at her house. No one can fight over chicken and waffles. You don't know this group, ma'am. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> or housewives in general. There I, is nothing that I, a housewife can't fight over. I love Jen. Jen Fessler was the star of this fucking episode. She is so fucking good. She's great. And like, I love when, like, Melissa came to the house and was like, yeah, I was going to bring a thing of champagne. I accidentally left it on the counter. And, and Jen Fessler is just like, oh, just go back. <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny. Uh, we find out that Marge needs surgery for her wrist from right. the injury, which is, you know, not good. Um and then so they're starting to file in a little bit one by one, Dolores and Margaret and all them stuff to get there. Melissa briefs Margaret about what Jennifer said at the uh, lunch and Margaret's pissed about it. Um, Danielle uh, gets there. Before then, though, they're talking about Danielle and like um, th- they bring up her Instagram and how like she's like really like corny on her Instagram. Like if yeah. I, I just don't. Black, we'll talk about it too because they also talk about like the stuff with Danielle and her brother that they talked about last episode. But it's like, which what? they seem to also be rolling anyway. Continue. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that they seem to be rolling the story back to no, it was just the thing that happened on Instagram. That's why I don't speak yeah. with my brother. It's like, but you literally told Melissa that it was more than that. And then now at the table, you're like, nope, that's it. End of story. That period. was odd. Like, and it was Melissa was going along with it, and it's like, well, I mean, Melissa, I understand it's not any of her business to spill, but like, I hasn't I, stopped them before. I mean, that's fair, but like, I I get why she didn't. Uh, Jackie at one point comes in, and like half of the table is like in the, like the sun area, and Jackie, and they're like, oh, Jackie, you probably want to be in the shade instead of the seat that happens to be next to Danielle, and Danielle and her confessor will be like, thank you, son, because I don't want to <laughs> be next to Jackie right now. Um, and yeah, they're like, Danielle's talking about it and they're just really confused. They're like, it can't be just the Instagram thing. Like it doesn't make any sense. Really. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Which, you know, yeah. Um, and so everyone eventually gets there. Teresa and Jennifer get there. Um, they're casually talking and Jackie, um, like Jen Fessler's talking about her, how beautiful her house is. And Jackie makes a comment of like, Oh, you don't want to brag too much, Jen. You want, you don't want to be like Jennifer. <laughs> and it just like sets everything off immediately. Well, and like, then Margaret brings up the stuff and like, I, I thought it was interesting. Teresa was kind of, tr- there was a point where Teresa was trying, we talked about her being the peacemaker this season is trying to translate for Margaret to Jennifer at one point in the conversation. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Well, I, I honestly think it really does support the idea that this is genuine with Teresa like this new leaf, this yeah. idea of I want peace, I want to make things better, is genuine and like, good for her. Like it, it's honestly it's about time. But like it's good for her and good for her relationships and her honestly probably her health. So I mean, like you can't hold that much vitriol inside and it be good. No, it's not healthy. No, so like it's good that she's just she's letting things go and she's learning how to just drop things. Yeah. Um, and then, but of course, Margaret and Jennifer then start screaming at each other. And this was just like, 
this is where it's like you guys are so back and forth in terms of this that like there's no winner in the end. Yeah. Like Jennifer, like Margaret's like you don't have any friends, and Jennifer's like I have a family which is more than you'll ever have, and Margaret's like you have a fucked up marriage. Your husband doesn't even like you, and like at one point Jennifer starts quoting Pretty Woman. Like in the fight, it's I don't even know what in the context. I missed that. But she was like, "I say who, I say when." It was like, "Why are you quoting?" <laughs> what? It was a choice. And then Jen Fessler tries to get them to stop. This was so good. Jen Fessler being like, "Guys, I have neighbors. This is not Teresa's house." And Teresa being like, "Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I have six acres." And she's like, "How many do you have?" And Jen's like, "Not six acres." <laughs> So good. Well, and Jen Fessler is like done. And so she gets up and she walks inside for a minute. And then while she's gone, um, Margaret's like, I'm done. I'm leaving. And Jen's like, you're not leaving my house. She gets up and she like, Jen meets her at the door. She's like, no, you're not leaving my house. And then she literally turns to Jennifer because Jennifer keeps going. And Jennifer's like, or um, Jen is like, you're going to have to leave. Which I get it because Jen Fessler and Margaret are friends. Like it's like. Right. And then Teresa leaves with Jennifer. Well, the thing is, is that Jen doesn't stop fighting. No. (laughs) She literally walks out, still running her mouth, through the house, out into the driveway, into the car. It's like, girl. And at one point she says something about Margaret's driving Miss Daisy hat. which I was like, (laughs) that's kind of on point, actually. That hat was bad. It was awful. Um, We then go to... uh, Danielle's birthday party for Valentina. This fucking birthday party. Taylor Armstrong be damned. Like, I just, I can't. I understand also doing stuff for like adults and kids, but just something about it in like a club. Yeah, it looked like a, like it looked like a nightclub. And then like, I, I, I also want to like understand the catering. Cause like you had like egg rolls, and then you also had like one of those big like Parmesan wheels where they like scrape it and do like the flambe pasta and like. Which it, I'm sure it was delicious. It was a weird assortment. It was just like every fucking thing. Like it was a lot. And then like, but like Valentine, they do their like practice entrance with her and like everyone's having a good time. And people with like their, like that have like younger kids come, like Rachel comes uh, with her daughter and like um, Jennifer comes and brings Olivia and all that stuff. It's just funny because the thought that I had was this looks so much like, you know how on um, high school dramas on television where they'll inevitably have a prom episode yes. and it always looks like this mm-hmm. and you're, and you just sit here and look at it and you go, that's not what prom was like. Prom was boring. Prom, like, they're, like, that's not what prom is like. Nobody's prom looks like that. This party looked like that. Yeah. This party was exactly what prom is supposed to be. And it was like, her daughter, I don't understand. Her daughter's having prom. She's in art classes learning about, like, pointillism and shit. Like, and she's like, what, five? Maybe. It's, like, it's ridiculous. Um, but Rachel and Jennifer get to talking about their issues that they had. And, like, Jennifer and Rachel try to make peace. Um, they 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 are willing to sort of move forward and make peace, but when Jennifer's trying to explain like why she had this conversation, like talking shit about Dolores, Rachel's just like in her confessional, like I'm sure this makes sense to Jennifer Aiden, but it does not make sense to Rachel Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, but they try to move forward, and then Teresa and Jennifer at the bar talking to Danielle and Rachel, and kind of being like, 
they're they're both in the sense of like look out for Margaret at least like keep like always keep your eye on her. Which in fairness, like Jackie at least said something similar about that comment about like Margaret has stuff on everybody. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's not out of the realm. But like you know, and like I think this was when Jennifer made the specific thing of like you know some of the stuff that Margaret said about Melissa and stuff like that allegedly. Um, and so, yeah, Teresa is basically like, just keep an eye out. Um, and so that's how we end the episode. Uh, the, again, I'm really loving the dynamics. I'm really loving new girls. I think like, this is a good cast that I think is helping from a, a not so great season last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm sure that obviously the more dramatic and, and harder to watch stuff is going to get harder to watch. But oh Yeah. But even then, there's still a lot going on that I'm really enjoying. Uh, So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to get into the first part of the Real Housewives of Miami reunion. Don't go away. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And And I'm the Riz. And, And you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry... We use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, Fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His Envy. Here we are getting into our final show for the week, and that is the first part of the Season 5 reunion of Real Housewives of Miami. This reunion, first part, was so fucking good. I was so, like, it, this felt, I was saying before, this felt like classic Real Housewives reunion. Oh, yeah. Like, I haven't seen a reunion this good in a good while. Like, There were no dead parts of it. It was just, it was firing on all cylinders. There were bold claims. There were like, people made choices. And, you know, 
we'll get into it. I mean, it could have been because they started with the shot instead of ending with it. Like Honestly, that helped. Start with alcohol. Put the, fill them with <laughs> alcohol. My God. Um, we start off like they do the sort of obviously backstage stuff, but they eventually get to the set, and the set is like modeled after Nicole's uh, engagement party to, in the bank vault with the bank vault, and there's like gold bars everywhere and all that. And <laughs> Andy starts up, Nicole, do you recognize where we are? And Nicole's like, Yeah, I do, Andy. Larsa, do you recognize where we where we are? <laughs> Nicole just starting off hot, being like, <laughs> Fuck you, Larsa. <laughs> So fucking funny. Um, and then we get, they sort of start introducing everyone. We got, we talk a little bit of, can, like the fashions, the oh, fashions. It's so good. They are, they're honestly beating Beverly Hills at this point. Yeah. Like, that, the, um, um, Gertie's oh. chain dress. Oh, she said it weighed 25 pounds. Uh, and it, it looked so good. It just, dripping yeah they really like literally they went through and like everyone like like was like get like let me get up and spin like let me like have my moment to show off my outfit (laughs) but like they are so they're bringing it they really are and like you mentioned they start off with a shot of tequila like they did last year and get right fucking into it um there's a question that was asked to Nicole about sort of her wealth and how she has that much money and stuff like that. Um, we find out that she originally bought the house that she just sold. She originally bought for 13 million. And that was just last year. Yeah, and then and they turned around and sold it for 44 million. Which like, God damn. Like, yeah, like that's, that's oh. and then Alexia immediately is like, so is, is, is that your money or is that Anthony's money? Like immediately getting a dig in. We'll get to it later. Alexia made bold choices this reunion. And I'm not saying I agree with her for most of it in terms of just like objectively. But it made for a good reunion. I think I will get like she, Alexia and Marisol had gotten a lot of sort of negative critique. I think rightfully so this season. Um, just in terms of argument, not in terms of, I think, I mean, some people obviously like take it really seriously, but in terms of like arguments in terms of like where Mm -hmm. they stood on things. And I feel like Alexia was like, I could either like be super apologetic and like backtrack and do all this stuff, or I can fucking lean in and be the fucking villain. And I think that's what she did. And it was, and I say this with all fondness, it was giving me early season Kenya Moore. Yeah, in a it, like which you, obviously you took a lot a little for you to warm up to Kenya, but like as far as like good reality villain, I was glad she made that choice to like. See, I prefer when somebody starts off a little bit more likable and then gets to that point later. Okay, like as opposed to starting off and then backing into a good place because, like, we talked about. Um, um, Dallas. Yeah. Oh, uh, Leanne Lockin. Leanne Lockin. We talked about her being willing to go there and be the villain, and she didn't really. She she was a villain in season one, but she wasn't nearly as crazy as she got into the end of her time on Dallas. Yeah. And um, just seeing the development and the the growth of that villaindom villaindom is that a word it's a word today um that villaindom it it was just it was masterful and beautiful to watch and it was a lot of fun because you already have the emotional tie into that person 
to get you as the viewer to forgive a mm-hmm. lot of the things that she does. When somebody starts in as the villain, you don't have the emotional connection. So everything that they do is bad. Yeah. So it's easy to hate that person, but then you don't feel for them. And we've talked about like even times in which we've disagreed with Alexia this season, like at least like the moments with Frankie or like the sort right. of like where we get sort of more in depth of her person. Like like having those contrasting with that helps like so it helps much. a lot um we start to talk about martina's cancer um and uh how they're going through all through it all um uh julia kind of talks about how it was kind of a luck almost a lucky thing in a sense of like they sort of found the other cancer by screening the first one because mm-hmm. she has throat cancer and uh breast cancer and she said she had gotten like a mammogram months beforehand and they saw nothing so like it was like th- which indicates it's really aggressive and honestly that's that's scary. Yeah, well, that's I, incredibly scary. Yeah, because I wasn't sure if it was like if that is b- good or bad that you like that maybe if you caught it early because I know it's just stage one. Yes, but it's like you know I it's still I mean any chance it's anything like that it's just terrible. She was also talking about how she and this isn't funny but like. What something Lars said was funny, where it's like she was worried about that it was a like, side effect to her shingle shot that she was having swollen lymph nodes or right. whatever. And Alexia's like, well, I thought that, you know, I was worried about getting my shingles shot or whatever. And Larsa goes, I don't even know what shingles is. Just, I don't know. Just... Okay, Larsa. Larsa. Larsa made choices this reunion. We'll get to. But before that, we get to talking to Lisa and we get straight into sort of the Lisa Lenny stuff. And you were saying like, this could have been a whole fucking episode. The oh, yeah. amount of tea that was dropped, you know, she talks about how her kids are taking things and that her son is a little more, you know, vocal and says certain things that her daughter is kind of oblivious to things. Yeah. He says things and it's really heartbreaking. Um, they haven't been to a judge, haven't been in front of a judge yet. And that's basically going to be a long process. Right. And that she's going to, I love that. She was like, she's going to fight this, like for every tooth and nail. And Lars is like, as you should. Cause like, and that that's mainly due to there being a lot of um, judge positions that are not filled. Anyway, <laughs> um, no no clue as to who's at fault for that. Yeah, um, they Andy brings up that um, there was a discussion about bringing Lenny to the reunion, and Lisa apparently wanted him to come, but Lenny declined. And I love all the women being like, "Oh, thank God!" Because they were basically like, "Oh, because we would have kicked his fucking ass." I hope they have a Lenny pinata to beat at the end of this <laughs> reunion. <laughs> well, bring out the one they had the one in in um um uh, the Bahamas. That remember that they brought oh, that's the right. Just bring it back out again. Yeah, yeah. We love a pinata. Everyone beat the pinata. <laughs> um, and then, but then this like apparently like Lisa like like said that she had suspicions and they're like, how long ago did you have? And then Lars is just like, well, you found him and the mistress in a hot tub. Apparently two years ago. It was like, and she was like, saw them like getting a little too close in the hot tub. And she like confronted them. and was just like, Lenny, you need to get out of here. And like, like gave her a death there, which <laughs> I love even Alexia is like, you're even too nice for me, bro. Like I would have kicked her ass. <laughs> like, like I he, just I I uh, okay. Like yeah. I I'm not I can't blame her because I'm never gonna blame a woman for staying in a bad situation longer than is healthy because we all know about that bullshit. But I just I don't understand how she was blindsided 
That that's what gets me is that sure. how did you not see this coming? Because I understand like you have kids. First of all, that's enough of a like thing that like makes you question whether you can leave a person. But also like even when she was talking with Leah Black, like she talked about like this was very like he had all the money, he had all the power. You were the second in the relationship in terms of not like, to mention the fact that she's been with dangerous men in the past, right? This is. No, this no, not that's the same Alexia. Person. I always mix the women up on this show, and I don't know why. <laughs> they, they're a lot of their faces look the same. It's They've fine. got the same cheekbones. Yes, everyone has the same cheekbones, and by cheekbones, I mean cheek silicone. Um, but we get into also like the dynamic with her and Lenny's mom, and about how like she posted the footage of him of Lisa confronting him at the Formula One like after party, mm-hmm. whatever event where the girl licked her lips at her and all that stuff. And then she also talks about how she went to New York for BravoCon in October and that Lenny basically tried to convince the mother that she was just going to have fun and that it wasn't for like a work thing for fucking BravoCon. Which is apparently what she, because she brings up her mom or his mom brings that up in that cafe in that, Mm -hmm. in that really cringy scene. Um, brings that up, and I was wondering what they were talking about. And, it was BravoCon, but apparently she got so mad about it that the mom invited the mistress to the house in retaliation. I just, I, uh, I agree. I, someone made a just good, throw the whole family out. Someone made a good point about like why she flipped, and I think I saw a tweet about it, which was just like, I bet Lenny sort of was like, "You're not getting any money from me." I'm sure Lenny, with how much money he was like, you know bringing in was also helping his parents well and i don't remember who it was on the couch i think was talking about how they kind of understood because it's her son and family is so important and you just kind of do what you have to to remain close and we've talked about this sort of stuff on jersey it's Mm -hmm. It's when you put family above all else and you don't use that as a reason to fix things, but instead use it as a cover up to cover up wounds. um, You it's so toxic. And And, and we'll also see that later this reunion with another discussion that happens. Right. Like it. Yeah. It's it's funny how overarching that is in terms of different dynamics. Um, he also, she also talks about how, like, the article that came out about how she was, like, Lenny said that she was flirting with guys at the Halloween party, but that he had basically took a girl to another party and, like, made out with her, whatever, different than the mistress, because the mistress couldn't be there because of the restraining order. Which, which I find hilarious. Yeah. And you could tell Elisa loved that. Like, it was just like, haha, bitch. Um, Andy brought up a really good point, too, of just, like, and I think it was, just speaks to, like, the narcissism of him, of, like, if he knew that he was going to end it with Lisa, based off of what he said on that hot mic, like, why would he film, like, the first half of the season where he's, like, going on that dinner date with her and, like, doing all that shit? It was, like... Same thing with Sandoval and Raquel. You wait till the end of the season after it's aired. And you don't have to be held accountable. And then it's not brought up on the reunion. It's You have months before... When the cameras are down and it's, nobody has to deal with anything and everything can die down before cameras come back. It's what up again. Ashley and Michael Darby did. Yep. Like Michael there's a reason Michael didn't show up the whole season. Yeah. Like but like so and then uh basically like 
Lisa says that like she came home from a late night out at one point when Lenny was like planning on doing it at the end of the season and didn't like that she was staying out at 4 a.m., which I agree with all the women who were like, you can stay out as long, like, you're an independent woman. You don't have to, like, it's bullshit that he's, like, being like, no, you have to, you know, come home at this time. Like, I mean, I can understand, like, being concerned about where your your partner is, but this is different. This is controlling. This is manipulative. This is, this is malignant. And he, and she was also saying that, like, he... For she said, like for the entire fifteen years of the marriage, was dangling the word divorce over her head Ugh. all the fucking time, and it's like that is so fucked up, and like disgusting and manipulative. Uh, Lenny had said on Instagram, apparently, I'd rather be alone and loveless than ever be with Lisa, and I love Gertie just going like, "What a piece of," sh-. and she stops herself. And I, I think you were like, "No, you can say it." Yeah, you you can say it. We all agree. Uh, we find out that Lisa's now with this tech mogul named Jody, who's backstage at the reunion. And he seems, he seems cute. He also seemed a little gay. Again, um, a little bit. I don't know why a gay are because he. I think it was because he was like maybe I, he's bi. I, I he was like I love that dress that you were in. Like I thought it was really chic or something. And it was like okay, like I don't know what that's about. Um, but I, and I also love Andy being like, I like that you were the tech mogul. I like the job choice. He's not looking at women's tits all day. <laughs> and like, you know, hopefully Lisa can be happy. I think like, it seems like emotionally she's moved on in a lot of ways. Like, I don't think she has that sort of like, I still love him attachment, which is good. Good. Which, you know, obviously things are, I mean, that divorce is going to be messy as hell. But yeah, like, just take the machete to that connection and just be done yeah so we move on and then you know andy starts to intro a segment and then we hear that fucking bullhorn <laughs> and hi hookers <laughs> and marisol and adriana come out um which i'm surprised that they weren't you know hands around each other's throats yeah and it's, it's, it's like you pick those two to come out together they should have come out from opposite sides of the stage i get they're both friends up and also kiki later gets her own like separate like yeah, that was weird. Actually, I love Kiki, but like, did Kiki even come out? No, she hasn't. She hasn't not, come out yet, but she's arrived. Yeah, she's a. She did her big arrival in her in her uh, limo or whatever. Um, they asked Adriana about her Brazilian butt lift and whether she got it to like shade Larsa or whatever because of how much she questioned it last season. And Adriana be like, "I did it because I wanted you to own it," and everyone, which, and and Adriana's like. I'm Brazilian. I got a Brazilian butt lift. It's not a Lebanese butt lift. It's not an LBL. Jeez. But let's be. I and I'm all for. I'm all for plastic surgery. I'm all for you know women doing what they want. But Larsa, you got a butt lift. Let's, she might not have got a butt lift. Maybe she got implants. Those are different surgeries. Sure, but she got some surgery. She did not get that from working out. No. I'm sorry. No. They literally showed from season one. Her, what her butt looked like it's nothing compared like like it was good but it wasn't this no it's like and i just heard and she's admitted to other plastic surgeries i mean she had to her face looked completely fucking different yeah but like you know i don't get why she doesn't own that part um and i also so andy asked like you didn't get a brazilian butt lift and she says no i did it and andy goes and everyone here believes that right and and larsa goes yes like larsa for the group says yes it's like nah. uh, i think what it is is that she knew that if she was going to be around the kardashians that yeah that she had to have a good ass and 
she wouldn't she didn't have the um gumption to admit it back then and because she, she has lied to, to them she had to commit to that yeah i agree um they asked Mar- they asked Marisol a question about her drinking uh and they asked like can the question is like can you get near a fire because you're 80 proof <laughs> which i thought was funny uh, and then not her trying to like spin like Oh, Nicole, you're the actual drunk. You're the one that drinks more than anyone. Nicole's like, really, girl? And she's like, no, you're a mean drunk. Yeah, you hit me at your engagement party. <laughs> it's like, okay, Marisol. Let's, yeah. That's mm. um, so we get to Nicole's segment talking about her dad and stuff like that. Uh, we talked about, like, the family dynamic thing. Like, this was also, like, Larza and Alexia, are, I, I get they're old school. I'm particularly Alexia's old school, but like their thinking is just so backwards in terms of this. And I, I, and I was really glad that Nicole stood her ground yeah, and was just like, I'm allowed to still put up boundaries. Just And then the fact that she said the word boundaries and the whole rest of the cast, it seemed like uh, up in arms. No, you can't. What? Well, it was, Are you? Oh my God. Well, it was mainly Larsa and Alexia. And I think they were just doing, I think they just were fighting with Nicole because they don't like Nicole at the Probably. end of the day. Even Marisol being like, when I was with your dad at the, at your engagement party, like I understood it. Like her, your dad was a lot. Like if Marisol is saying that, Maybe yeah. Nicole's, I think Marisol actually kind of agreed with Nicole on this. Like you could tell, like even when Nicole was tearing up later, like Marisol started to tear up. Like I think I thought that was interesting because I, you know, Marisol's also from that old school generation. So like, you know, um, and so Nicole brings up that, you know, her dad not saying I'm sorry at that sort of therapy session. And Larissa just immediately jumping down her throat and being like, you know, you know, you were making, you were shaming him in that moment. And like, you know, you just have to accept it. And him take crying it. was saying, I'm sorry. No, saying I'm sorry is saying I'm sorry. Yeah. And well, and then she also, we, we talked like last week about like the whole car accident thing that like she, uh, and how he felt shame about that. She, uh, she talked like she spent a month in the ICU. Like that's fucking traumatic. Like, yeah. I don't like, like, I like yeah. Nicole's getting emotional about it, rightfully so. And but she says that she's thankful for the show because if the show didn't sort of like inevitably force it because they had to show their lives and stuff like that, she wouldn't have necessarily tried. Yeah, which she's thankful for, and that their relationship is getting better. They're going to more therapy sessions. Um, she says she still has issues with the girlfriend, but also the girlfriend is apparently like 29 and he's like close to 70. No, 72. He's over 70. Yeah, And of course, and Larsa pipes up again and is like, I don't, why does it matter with the age? I hate Pete when people put age on everything. I'm sure Larsa hates that. <laughs> Shocker that Larsa is really opposed to age shaming in relationships. Also, nobody's shaming anyone. They're just questioning whether it is appropriate and what she is doing with him, questioning her intentions, not his. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, but like Andy perfectly transitions to bringing up Marcus Jordan and they're like, like, like Marcus is closer to your son's age than your age. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she's 43. No, and, she's 48. Oh, 48, right. Yeah, and, and he's 32, and her son's 22. Right. Like, you know, you've talked about how you're, like, trepidatious when it comes to certain, like, age, like, differential. Like, like that, that makes Giselle dating that uh, 
dating what's his name from summer winter house whatever yeah. um one of the houses um makes it all that much much better actually like that that makes that look so small in comparison right cuz this is literally 10 years as opposed to i think 15 years the other direction gross yeah totally uh we go then to alexia's segment this is where things get really good so they they start with the like the comment that she made in that bus on the trip about like i'm always i i'm a star and i'll always be a star or something and how like andy andy prefaces of like can we all agree that everyone here is a little bit of a narcissist to which (laughs) to which um what was it? Adriana yeah, yeah. brought out. Um, I'm sorry. And she had printed a definition of the word narcissist. That's my out. thing. She didn't even Google it on her phone. Like it was like, she was waiting for him to bring that up to like, be like, here's the, it's like, wow. Um, and then Alexia is like, Alexia is like, get, you know, trying, taking offense to it. And at one point, like she starts talking and, and interrupts and goes, so this is my package. So I'm going to start talking. And Andy's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> of Andy being like, okay, so you're moderating. Cool. <laughs> I guess I'll just go home. Oh, and, but when he's reading the definition I lo- of narcissism, I love that one point they're like, well, no, that's not me or whatever. And Lisa just goes, that sounds like Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> that made me so happy. <laughs> so funny. And then Alexia and Gertie get into it sort of about like how Alexia is rude and that she thinks she's above, that everyone is jealous of her and that above her and stuff like that. They get into fights about like the whole, like her not doing the wedding party and like, um, uh, she's shitting on her for bringing Gertie. Gertie was like, I brought you flowers and you were like, Oh, I already have flowers or whatever, et cetera. It's not really that nice of a gift. And Alexa, but like, this is where I'm talking about like Alexia leaning in. She's like, honestly, Gertie, I thought it was all staged. I thought it was all <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm not saying I agree with her, but it was just like, I love that. She's just like, yeah, you know, barreling through at this point. Um, and like Gertie's like taking it to her. They bring up the whole oh 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 and the Gertie and Alexia fight. You were saying like it, at a certain point you couldn't understand what any, any of them were saying. Well, because everybody was talking over everybody, and I was like, I just I can't like my ADHD and my autism. Just like I can't. I got overloaded with that, and I was just like, nope, I'm gonna tune this out because I can't pick up what anybody is saying but i picked up alexia being like you you're a terrible you're terrible to work with you treat your driver terribly you treat russell terribly you're not gonna castrate me just like you castrate russell it's like holy shit like uh, again not correct but very much a villain choice like just being like you're you fucking like castrate your husband (laughs) jesus um, and then they ask about the whole, the comment that Alexia made about Russian prostitutes and how it was offensive to Julia. Um, and again, for Alexia, who was so critical of Nicole's apology and the, you can't make excuses. You can't say, but no, but in your apology, there was a lot of buts and there were a lot of excuses in this. And the biggest, but was Alexia. Yeah. You know, and then she says something like, I understand. Cause it stigmatizes. Or stigma, it's a, it's stigma a stigmatism. To, and Adriana's like, that's an eye condition. And Nicole's doubled over laughing. It's hilarious. Nicole's like, oh, it's a stigmatism. And Marisol, he's like, okay, Amex. And then Nicole going, I'll add you as a co-signer so you can have one too. <laughs> that was such a good read. It was just, 
Uh, it was so good. And then, oh, and then, so they, so she apologizes to Julia again. Julia accepts the apology and says it feels more sincere this time. You know, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, and th- but then they go to the whole boyfriend, uh, Ale- or Adriana's boyfriend, and whether he was married, and Alexia not scrolling to the bottom of the thing. Oh my god! And she's like, "Did you ever?" Andy's like, "Did you, would you ever apologize for that?" It's like. No, I'm not. I didn't apologize for that, and I'm not going to apologize for that. And here's why: so they were never. It was never. He was never her boyfriend. Adriana rents her boyfriends, <laughs> and everyone's just like, "Wow!" Like, like just throwing out these like accusations again. Very, but like, and Adriana's like, "He's a doctor. I'm pretty sure he didn't need me to rent him." Well, she. But I. I don't think she meant it this way. She, but she goes. Adriana goes. He's also a doctor, and I was like, also. What? <laughs> Like, I don't think that's what you meant. Um, but also Andy acting confused of like, well, what would he get out of it? And like, like being rented like means be, money and being exchanging. on television as if there wasn't a whole storyline in Atlanta about Kenya buying her boyfriend. Like, right. Multiple. Yeah. So it's like, she knows what he's talking about. Um, I don't think I'm not saying I necessarily believe it. I don't either. Um, but then Ad- we talked about Adriana with like pulling out the narcissism definition. Then she pulls out these text message receipts from Alexia. And this was one of the best use of receipts I've seen in a while on the show. And these, these, this text message exchange with her and, and Alexia from 2020. And it's her basically Alexia being like, Hey, I know this guy who wanted your number. Can I hook you up? Et cetera. And Adriana asks, like, she's like, no, I don't know if I want to. Is he married? And Alexia's like, LOL, I don't know. But I know his relationship was rocky or whatever. And he seems like a really nice, essentially being like, I don't know if he's married, but you should still try to hook up with him. And it's kind of a big, like, like, Nicole, like, latches onto it. And it's just like, so you were fine with her, him dating a married person, possibly her dating a married person, possibly. Like because of these like past text messages, she got Adriana got her good with her. Yeah, like it was a it was a good um, and credit to Adriana. A lot of people don't, and even I think even I last week didn't really give her full credit into how um how smart and how planned she she is on things. And I think that this really um illustrates that no she is she just is meticulous about planning things out yeah and um maybe in the moment speaks off the cuff a little bit too much but if she has a chance to plan something she is to the point and she is very direct and targeted and what she has to say and what she's doing. Yeah. Good on her. And you could tell it really landed because Larsa like starts piping up and going, it's kind of disgusting that you're reading text messages. <laughs> like, what? really? Have you not been to a reunion? Um, Hi, welcome to Housewives. But again, Alexia, again, Alexia trying to be the villain again. They don't really dwell on it because it's, it's, in, it's in like a cacophony of like everyone yelling. But she goes, why don't we talk about the father of your son? And I was like, oh. <laughs> It's like she was just going to go for the fucking jugular no matter what. And it was like, you know, a bold choice. And then Andy brings up the whole, like, you know, a lot of people are criticizing you about always demanding apologies from other people, but not apologizing, being bad at apologies yourself and not taking accountability for things. And Nicole's like, basically, like, if, you, you know, you're allowed to sort of, like, do whatever you want and be damned, but, like, if anyone else offends you, you have to, like, we have to, like, beg you on our hands and knees and, like, suck your toes, is what she said, which, like, 
Not a good visual. Yeah. Larsa's like, why didn't you? Well, you didn't apologize to me. And Adriana's like, stay out of it, Larsa. And then Larsa goes, you stay out of it with your big mug looking like a bird. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't even make sense. And then, well, and then that now it gets into Nicole and Larsa fighting. And then Nicole, it brings up like, because... You know, Lars is upset about stuff like Anthony had said about her on the show and stuff like that. But Nicole, I agree, is also justified, thinks it's justified in the sense of like, you were on television last season saying that we had a bastard child, like a child out of wedlock, which, right. she, yes, she never said the word bastard child. She but said, she said child out of wedlock. That's what a bastard child and is. And as much like, as Larsa tries to claim it that she wasn't, like, you were doing it to shame her. Like, it's not like. You didn't bring that to let out as like just a, like a circumstantial fact. Like it's you know, and and I can understand why that is really offensive. Um, and so, but they bring up the whole black Amex thing of her putting it, Nicole putting it down on the lawyer's, uh, you know, uh, lapper and all that stuff. And let Nicole's like watching it back. I didn't think it was as bad as they were making it out. It to wasn't, me. and I agree it wasn't. And so, but they start yelling again. And then Lisa's like, can I talk for a second? She's like, I'm thankful, Alexia, because you did the event for me and all that stuff. But honestly, you guys were all embarrassing that. Like, you were all yelling. You were all making a fool of yourself, which is what I stand in terms of it. Like, none of you were, like, acting properly in the end of the day. Also, this guy was coming into an episode of Housewives. He knew what he was getting into. Or at least he should have. And if not, he does now. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I, here's, I think this sets off Alexia in a, in a way. Cause then we like, Alexia is talking about like the, you know, the, that like, you know, I feel like I was attacked this season or whatever. And then Lisa tries to help her a little bit and is like, Lisa tries to help her and is like, you know, maybe that's why you brought up the whole, I'm a star sort of thing because you were feeling attacked and stuff like that. And then Alexia goes, no, I, I said the I'm a star thing because I believe it and I encourage other women to believe it because if you believe that, you wouldn't have let Lenny do all the things he did to you. And everyone goes, whoa, 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 whoa. And even Lisa, the look on her face is like, really, girl? Like, what the fuck? Like, she better be glad Larsa was in between them because there could have been some nails. Uh, like, that's what I'm saying, though. Alexia was just like, did not give a shit this reunion in terms of like, I'm just going to say what the fuck I want and honestly good on her for it. I'm not saying I agree. I mean, she was honestly, it also helps Adriana at the end of the day, because there were so many comments Alexia was making at this reunion where it's like, I don't even care about the Frankie comment anymore. Yeah. Like, like, you know, it's like three to one now. And also at least the Frankie comment was clearly a mistake. Like, sure. This was, this is, Pointed attacks. Yeah. Like, the Frankie comment was not a pointed attack. It was trying to get you to see reason. Sure. And, but, I mean, clearly Alexia can't do that. But I love that, again, like, I feel like you, when you get such that negative response from the fans, you can pull, like, a Heather Gay and, like, try to make an excuse and try to salvage things and be like, no, I'm a good person, et cetera, and try to, like, or you can just lean the fuck in. Mm-hmm. And I, and I honestly appreciated it at the end of the day it was really it was a, such an entertaining reunion 
I yeah. really enjoyed it. And well, and I'm I'm glad that because we haven't talked about it, I'm glad that they decided to make this three parts yeah. instead of just two. Although I will say that that means that we are getting one week overlap with the end of Miami and Ultimate Girls Trip. Yeah. So we'll need to make sure that uh, and all of our. Uh, listeners, make sure that you watch that last episode of that reunion before you head into Ultimate Girls Trip because right, right. we do have Miami Housewives on the trip. So uh, that will definitely inform uh, what's happening and there. And that will be exciting because it even looks like like on that Ultimate Girls Trip, like Alexia Marisol fight at one point, which like that's like, you know, I I think even with like sort of the like, you know, I th- personal opinions of people's like in terms of what how they move and operate on the show aside, this is such a good fucking cast. Oh, yeah. This is a good fucking season, and, like, they're killing it in all fronts. Yeah. All right. So, tops and bottoms. Um, so, anybody who watches our TikTok or, or uh, social media may have seen um, the video that went out last week <laughs> about Eamon making an unfortunate choice for his top for the week. Oh, God. Um, we will try to make sure we don't pick somebody for the top this week that uh, ends up revealing a seven-month affair, you know, ruining a 10-year relationship, you know, for a woman that grandfather just died, dog just died, like all of this awful stuff, and then turn out that your partner's been cheating on anyway we'll try not to do that this week um, I, in fact i have a pretty pretty uh, good idea that we know who both of our bottoms are and it's a duly shared bottom uh, uh this week it's a pass around bottom <laughs> uh, not necessarily a party bottom but you know pass around definitely uh, uh so let's just name our two bottoms for the week okay three two one tom Tom's, and raquel yeah tom and raquel fuck sandoval fuck, fuck raquel like what the fuck were you thinking take your like, trombone and shove it up your ass this is disgusting we both literally were watching vanderpump rules and like jeering and booing at the screen like just angry like i have not been this angry watching a show in so long and i think it's just because we had all week for this to build up and all of this crap kept coming out constantly yeah and just uh fuck those two fuck tom sandoval specifically but also fuck raquel because like no usually i'm not one for like shitting on the the other woman in a situation of cheating because she wasn't the one in the relationship, but it's those not, lightning bolt necklaces really changed that opinion. Well, it's not even just the lightning bolt necklaces. It's the fact that she was such a, like she was supposed to be such a good friend to Ariana. Yeah. She betrayed Ariana. It wasn't so much the fact that it was that she broke up a marriage. Fuck that. Or not a marriage, but you know, might as essentially well a marriage, essentially a marriage. And it was the fact that she betrayed Ariana. Yeah. Like, that's my problem. Team Ariana. Team Ariana. Stop. Fuck these guys. Um, fuck these men and Raquel as well. Throw her out with a with the bathwater. Yeah. Um, and I think we actually may have picked the same top for the week. Do on, th- do on, do on three. Yeah. One, two, three. Jen, Jen Fessler. Fessler. <laughs> Comedy genius, Jen Fessler. 
Uh, if it, so if it comes out she has a seven-year affair, I'm going to be so mad and so surprised. <laughs> so bad. So surprised. Especially if it turns out she's been having a seven-month affair with Margaret's husband. Yeah, that's what it has to be. <laughs> but it would have to be Joe that she's having an affair with. How many Joes are there on Jersey? Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, it, does nobody know a different name than Joe? No. In it's, Jersey? It's, it's, the, it's the law. Apparently. Joe and Frankie overused anyway um but yeah if we find out tomorrow that jen fessler you know is is having an affair she's not having an affair guys she's not nobody clip this out and try to make it act like we're not saying that we're not doing that yeah but no this that franchise needed such lightness especially after the last couple seasons that she brings in spades in a way that's just so funny and like I, i i i really gravitate to her every time she's on screen yeah it's great i mean it it to me, I don't think it's the fact that she also looks like one of my favorite other housewives, which is Heather Dubrow. Um, but oh. that doesn't hurt things. Like, I love Heather Dubrow. Um, so the fact that, and I know that's an unpopular opinion, come for me, whatever. But um, once we get on OC, I think you're going to have a long diatribe about like the, because you have, you, it's very in depth. Of like why you like her and, and nuanced in I a mean, way that's and it, I think people need to hear. It also helps that this week she has come out and oh yes, like with her with her son coming out as trans and if I could if like people who aren't on television, thank God, if I could give a bomb to anyone, also it's Kelly and Rick Leventhal. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Like like attacking attacking a trans kid really just because you don't like his mom. Fuck you. Hey, and also, hey, Rick, maybe instead of uh, focusing on other people's parenting, maybe you deal with your own uh, relationship with your daughter to the point, I mean, clearly to the point in which she doesn't invite you to her fucking wedding. Maybe worry about that first. And also, you know, maybe put the same sort of energy into trying to win an election. (laughs) Can't do that either. So (laughs) anyway, um, (laughs) so I think... You know, the fact that she reminds me visually of Heather Dubrow really gained some points in yeah. my book for Jen Fessler, but she has like completely un- earned her place there on her own. She has stood out, especially just being a, friend's, uh, a friend of, like she is just blowing it out of the water. And if she doesn't end up full-time cast next season, I will be very upset. I agree. I love to see it. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. <laughs>